3: This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law.
1: Hey, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host...
4: Hey, it's Becca.
1: Hey, it's Becca. And today we're talking about the filmography of Denzel Washington.
4: Yeah, this is a good choice. This is your choice.
1: It was, yeah.
4: And um, I'm glad you chose him actually because it's another actor that I've like seen like not that much of, mm-hmm. and getting into their um, filmography was really cool and really interesting.
1: This is why I chose him. I chose him because like I've I've actually he's like the of all that like, the big I think of him as like a big actor. Like in the same caliber yeah. as like Leo and you know, the big names that we talk about. But
4: in the same sense as like totally off my radar.
1: But yeah, for some reason he's always passed me by and mm. people bang on about him and like, Oh, he's on the greatest, all this stuff. And I'm not familiar with that mm. much of his stuff. So I was like, Okay, let's really dig in and see what this yeah. guy has to offer.
4: I don't know why, like I don't it's like almost like he's up there. Um
1: I'm I'm always aware of him being like a big name, yeah. Talented actor.
4: But I've not hardly seen but, any of his films. Yeah, so, so it's been
1: so interesting to watch through.
4: I'm glad that you chose him to give us a chance to get stuck in.
1: So, as, as an actor, what have you noticed about him or what have you, I don't know, what, what do you think of him now you've watched a few of his? Because we're, we're like halfway through mm. watching his films as we record this so, first half.
4: Um, so far, um, like a thread running through quite a few of his films is um, religion.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that myself. but
4: And like spirituality, I think, mm. and religion. So there's a lot of, um, I think, stuff to do with that in a few of his films. Mm. Also, like race relations.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously Malcolm X is on the big roles. Yeah, and like
4: Fences, I think, is like a yeah, kind of yeah, race, that's true. like relations kind yeah, of Yeah, there's quite a lot of that. Antoine Fisher.
1: Yeah, Cry Freedom, we just watched. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So there's a lot of issues surrounding that um, I think that I like recurring Mm -hmm. in
1: his films a recurring theme I know is he he often plays people in authority yeah so a lot of law enforcement yeah uh, roles a lot of military roles yeah but I think that's just to his stature he's quite tall and foreboding as a presence
4: yeah so well i don't i wouldn't call him foreboding because he's got some roles that are really nice but i think it's just his confident demeanor and he's kind of a presence more he
1: has a very his voice is very unique he has a very authoritative but also soft at the same voice at the same time his voice is very like soft yeah and pleasant to listen to Mm. but he can be very authoritative with it at the same time but super versatile like Mm. when we the first week we're watching his films um, I can't remember the first ones we watched, but, like, I remember just thinking, like, the first five films we watched, I was like, you know, geez, like, every one of these is such a different role. Mm, yeah. And, like, I'm totally buying into, like, every one of it. And, yeah. like, instantly I was like, oh, this is why he's considered, like, one of the greats.
4: Mm. Yeah, totally.
1: But um, he's been nominated for Oscars, like, many, many times. There's always something we talk about, like, Academy Award nominations and stuff. Mm. So he's won twice. He was actually the first African-American actor to win two Oscars amazing um but he's been nominated eight times so that's wow cool that's, that's a, a fair lot, few times. lot of nominations yeah he has collaborated with like he's, he's worked on a lot of films but he's there's a few directors he's worked with again and again mm. so he's done quite a few films with spike lee yeah watched a few of those uh he's worked with tony scott like five times wow um and uh antoine fuqua he's worked with quite a few times as well
4: so he's quite loyal to his directors. Then. Yeah, I feel like when he. They just like gel with him and he kind of.
1: It must be like, I feel like with certain directors, once they like clicks with, they mm. they collaborate again and again. Mm. It reminds me of Brad Pitt a little bit. Like, he's a really notable and respected actor. Yeah. But also, he's like a little bit of like a Hollywood heartthrob. He's often right. tops like, you know, most handsome men in Hollywood lists and things like that.
4: Okay, cool.
1: Um, there's four roles in particular, which he considers his favourite and greatest roles. Oh, really? So do you want me to say them now or do you want me to cover no, them as we come to them? let's
4: do... Yeah, let's okay. do, um, I've got like, a note um, of
1: them here, though. Yeah. And Tom Hanks, who was our first ever actor we, we talked about, Yeah. Um, he says that he personally learned a lot from Denzel. Cool. Because they worked together on Philadelphia kind of early on in both of their careers. Right, yeah. And he said, like, you know, Working alongside Denzel was like going back to school. Oh amazing. He was like really taught him a lot. He like learned a lot from him Mm. as an actor. And I felt like that time in Tom Hanks's career, Philadelphia really seems to be the turning point for Tom Hanks into Mm. like, oh, he's much better after that film. Is that the turning point for him? So
4: That's cool.
1: That's really interesting. It
4: was clearly just all Denzel. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um so them they're, they're my notes on what I had um my but my main point was it's like the the versatility thing,
4: yeah, I think there's a lot i mean obviously we're gonna get into it um and despite him having kind of a lot of similar character roles, mm. their individual portrayals are just like really unique
1: oh in- incredibly unique and when I say he does a lot of law enforcement roles, it's very easy to do like. This is the how I play a cop. Mm. But every time he plays a cop, it's, like, totally different. Yeah. So if you compare him in, like, I don't know, just a bit to random where he plays a law enforcement guy, like Deja Vu, mm. to, like, Training Day. Yeah. So Ola. different.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, so he always finds something about the character to make it a unique mm. character. You always feel like he really delivers on a character. Yeah. Which I really appreciate.
4: So should we dig into his name force, then? His yeah, sure. I am be
1: before, known for. before we do that, I will just say as well. Like, I always put out on Twitter or on social media, like, "Hey, this is the next person we're doing." Mm. Before we start watching or before we finish watching, l- listeners, let me know, or people on my social media, let me know what you recommend or what your favorite okay films yeah. are. And this is the most I ever got. Wow, I was like inundated Thanks, with people's guys. suggestions, so it was fantastic. But obviously, like, he's a popular choice. Yeah, and um i added we had like a fairly long list of films to watch one because we are both kind of unfamiliar with a lot of his famous roles and two just because we had so many suggested to us Mm. and we always try and watch all the oscar nominated films and he's been nominated for a lot Mm. and we always try and watch all the ones that people recommended and he's been recommended a lot so i'll try and like shout out people who recommended films as it comes up um if i forget you i'm sorry but i will try and do it as much (laughs) as possible because there was a lot amazing but uh, yeah, go on. What was his uh, IMDb known for top four so at, Currently, at the, at the moment.
4: Uh, it's Fences, mm-hmm. The Book of Eli, Antoine Fisher, and Training Day.
1: Yeah. So that's an uh, interesting selection, all mm. pretty different from each other. And, yeah. Uh, they're all post 2000. So he's been in film since um, the 80s, since mm-hmm. the late 80s.
4: So there's none of his early uh, stuff on but there. But it is
1: his post 2000 stuff. Mm. I think like training day from training training day was like a real big one that was his like Oscar winning performance yeah and i feel like that was when a lot of people who didn't know him before then really came onto the radar for so mm-hmm. maybe the roles he did after that were more renowned because of that mhm but yeah let's let's um let's start with fences though since yeah. that was the first one on the list and it was also the first one we watched
4: yeah so basically uh well this came out in 2016 so it's a um more recent role for him so slightly um, older yeah um, he and he plays... doesn't
1: actually do that many films anymore mm. like, I feel like he really slows down he does like one every other year maybe he's quite selective so he's only done one film since this
4: yeah um, so he is like a working class dad um, it's set in the 50s um, and it's basically just him kind of butting heads with his son a little mm. bit and um so essentially like he had the opportunity to i think play football wasn't it yeah yeah and but he
1: wants him to focus on studies and working yeah it
4: didn't work out for him um so therefore he's kind of projecting those feelings onto his son and
1: really we both found him a really frustrating character yeah because it's like if something didn't work for him it can't work for anyone yeah and he doesn't want it to work for anyone yeah
4: the cat oh my god this was so difficult to watch because the whole time i was just like i hate this sort of person where it's like it didn't work out for me so therefore it won't work out for you or whatever i say is right and you can't find your own way or have a different path to me or like things change like parents i guess in any era can't know for a matter of fact what is going through their like son or daughter in their in their lives because the situation's changed like the environment changes is that so.
1: i'm older so i know better than you yeah mentality which is very frustrating and time. i think
4: in the 50s uh it was just like you had to take your parents, like literally, you had to just obey your parents.
1: Yeah, but then there was like there was a certain element of like pathos towards him as well because you know he did have a brother who was who had come back from the wars, but really he yeah. sort of disabled. Um, he had done time. He had like lost opportunities himself. Mm. Uh, he had struggled and worked his way up, and he yeah. was you know sort of still trying to work his way up in. In as a as a for work as a, mm. in his job at like an as an elder an older man, mm. he was still only just getting going with his own life.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, so he's faced a lot of hardships, but also it's like he's still like that. I'm older than you. I know best. He, no, he so hard. Yeah.
4: And then, um should I say about the later bit? Just like
1: I wouldn't give away too many spoilers because it's such a recent film.
4: I went into this film um like literally the first like. 10 20 minutes and i was like oh like it's about this guy he's like pretty good guy um excited to watch this and then you i just got a really sour really taste on him. yeah i got a really sour taste in my mouth just i didn't
1: um, i was totally on, on his rated i like viola davis i love and yeah. she played his wife yeah and i was like totally on her side the whole way through she was like the mm. hero to me like she was great yeah. And I love Viola Davis as an actress, anyway. And I was totally on her character's side for like the whole film, mm. rather so, than rather than his. Yeah,
4: um, it's a good watch, but I found it quite frustrating. Uh, like a frustrating watch, I think, just because like it's a it's weird to describe. You know, when you do something and you're really annoyed at yourself, but you kind of like get float out of your body and you view yourself mm. like from above, and you're like, "Why the fuck am I doing this?" Mm. It was like that, like watching. There's nothing you can do to like change the course but it just really grated on me and i just um i was really frustrated for like like, the son and like the his wife and like the situation but that made it a really good film so you frustrated
1: you but did you enjoy it
4: yeah because it was like (laughs) it was good sometimes
1: i think anything that evokes any sort of emotion positive or negative like it must be effective to evoke an emotion yeah
4: i'm not saying it's a bad film at all like it was really evocative
1: it's almost like so good that it's it's actually getting a negative reaction out of you yeah you know? it,
4: like you know um yeah it just uh got under my skin because i couldn't i found him so frustrating yeah. if i if he was any if he was involved like with me or any of my family i just couldn't um i just couldn't he's take, take like, his personality he's
1: the whole point of it is though he's such a big character mm. And even though he's probably the least likable character in it, like I liked obviously Viola Davis's character much more. His, his son. both his sons yeah. I liked more,
4: and even his friend, his and like, even his
1: friend, yeah, yeah, his workmate, his work friend. So it's like I liked all those characters, and it's like he was the, crux, the central it? point mm. of the film. But also, like I liked every other character more than him because he grated on me. Yeah. But it's because he was such... But then, you know, later in the film, it's like he's such a powerful figure. Mm. They all rally around him as a person.
4: Mm. So, really interesting, like, dynamic film.
3: I look up one day, and death is marching straight at me, like soldiers on parade. The army of death was marching straight at me. It was the middle of July, 1941. And it got real cold, just like be B-winner. And it seemed like death himself reached out... And touch me on the shoulder. He touched me like I touch you now. I got cold as ice. Death standing there, grinning at me. Toy, why did you hush that talk? I said, what you want, Mr Death? You be wanting me? You done sent your arm and he be getting me. I looked him dead in the eye. I wasn't fear nothing. I was ready to tangle just like I'm ready to tangle now. Bible say be ever vigilant. So I don't get but so drunk. I got the key to keep watch. Troy was right down there at Mercy Hospital. You remember he had that pneumonia, laying there with fever, talking plumb out his head. And Death standing there staring at me, carrying that sickle in his hand. Finally, he say, uh, You want bound over another, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said like that, said, You want bound over another, year. I said, bound over hell. We can settle this right now. He kind of fell back when I said that. And all the cold went out. I reached down. I grabbed that sickle i threw it as far well as i could throw it and me and him commenced the wrestling we wrestled for in, character six three days and three nights now i don't know where i got the strength from because every time he tried to get the best of me i reached way deep down inside myself found the strength to do him one better every time troy tells that story he finds different ways to tell it different things make up about it. i ain't making up nothing woman i'm telling you the facts of what happened i wrestled with death for three days and three nights and i'm
1: standing here to tell you about it so this is based on a play. Okay. So you can now you know that you can imagine. It's all based it's on around like it's, it's all yeah. around one set. You can imagine the garden, mm. the, the living room, like the yeah. sets. Um, and this is a character that was originally on Broadway, played by James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. uh, which I think would, would be great. to See, I'd like to see James Earl Jones playing this role.
4: Yeah. Cool.
1: Um, and then Denzel Washington himself performed it on Broadway in 2010. 114 performances he did. Wow. As his character. And then decided to work on it as a film and he directed this film. Oh, so he was cool. like, after doing this performance 114 times, directing it was no big deal. Mm. Like he's This is the third film he's directed. Mm-hmm. And we we intend to watch all three of his directed films. We've watched two of them mm-hmm. so far. Um,
4: I always find it interesting when an actor directs a film that they're in.
1: Yeah, yeah.
4: Um, That must be quite hard.
1: Well, he said for this... It wasn't the first film we directed and because he was so familiar with the piece after performing yeah. so many times that he was like, this really wasn't a difficult task. Mm. And yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for this role. Mm. Viola Davis, was, I think, was also nominated for an Oscar for her role mm. in this film. I don't think either of them won. Uh, this is the second time he directed Viola Davis because she has a small role in Anton Fisher, which he was his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this I did enjoy this it was also um, so this was one that was recommended by listeners I said a lot of our films we watch were recommended by listeners so Chris Ski who's recommended films before and always sort of interacts with the the pod on Twitter thanks Chris Uh, this is one that he he really enjoyed this he said this is like a great film Mm. so uh, thanks Chris Uh, we really did enjoy it and we were intending on watch it anyway but thanks for the suggestion
4: cool nice one Um, so should we move on to Book of Eli, which is next and is known for?
1: Yes. This was a film that had been on my radar for a long time. It always looked really interesting to me and I'd always intended to watch it. Yeah. So it was good to have an excuse to do so.
4: This, um, was way better than I thought. I like, I don't know why I had, what sort of idea I had in my head. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it's like a post apocalyptic guy who is post
1: apocalyptic guy
4: yeah, Well it's <laughs> post apocalyptic and this guy is like basically just like on the road Yes He's just like traveling and it's about his journey
1: But he's 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 following his gut instinct Yeah He has a book that he has book to protect AI, but he has to protect Yeah and he trusts Yeah that it, he is being guided Spiritually, to destination. To the right destination, mm. and it's it's pretty evident even from the beginning, like mm. that this book is the Bible. Like, what mm. two scenes in? I was like, oh, it's the Bible. Yeah. So it is like a post-apocalyptic world where he has a Bible, which is a very sacred artifact in that world.
4: Well, there's none left,
1: and he is traveling with it.
4: But you don't really, re- you don't really realize that there's not. There's some guy, Gary Oldman's character is basically just playing like. Um, a bit of like a mogul taking advantage, and he's got some like thugs and stuff. And he's... you've kind
1: of got the two, the, the positive and the negative aspects of religion portrayed in this. Mm. Like, you, Denzel's character is like the positive aspect of religion and community and faith and putting trust in things. And then Gary Oldman wants a Bible because he remembers how powerful they were before the apocalyptic. Like, mm. Denzel and Gary Oldman's characters are older. Most people are young in this, but most people died in. Or don't remember the world before the apocalypse.
4: Most of them can't even read, can they? Like the younger characters. So they
1: they know the power of faith and the power of the Bible from Mm. before. And that's why Gary Oldman wants it, because if I have this book, I can control the masses. Yeah. So he wants the negative aspects of faith. Mm. Denzel wants the positive.
4: Yeah. But it's just him, like, traipsing around the wilderness and is kind of like a badass as well. Like oh, yeah. he's a super some
1: really cool like fight scenes, fight scenes
4: yeah, um, which was amazing. So uh, that was really awesome to see. Which haven't really seen Denzel in like kind of hand-to-hand like uh, combat that much in the
1: equalizer you get a little bit of that but again that's later mm. but he did study martial arts for this film yeah he did do all his own uh, hand-to-hand fights and all the stunts himself yeah
4: this, they look really good cool. and, they, and they are
1: well done yeah
4: kind of out of the blue as well like he's kind of like surprises you when it he at- looks first different happens. in
1: this film he lost like quite a lot of weight for mm. this role so he because obviously he's on the road when yeah. you're getting nourishment where he can so he's like 30 pounds lighter in this film, mm. I think. Um, he looks kind of different in this film. Yeah. He's always wearing shades. He has a very distinct look. Mm. And it's a very different role for him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did like it. Um, it's it was, it was written by Gary Witter. And he said that he intended to write as a sort of Mad Max, like mm-hmm. a post 2000 Mad Max, so before Fury Road came out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wanted to do like a more modern idea of like a mad max style it's got that film. vibe for sure it, it, it definitely works, it doesn't it definitely has mm. that vibe yeah uh, and it was denzel himself who suggested gary oldman for that role they hadn't cast that role yet and he was like i think gary would be really good for this yeah and, he definitely uh, was he, he's, he's, it's like that classic he's he gary oldman plays a good villain <laughs> a good over-the-top villain and that's definitely like, what it is
4: kind of slimy yeah yeah like he's not a brute brutish villain he's more like a conniving
1: yeah exactly (laughs) he's oh he's disgusting he wants to use religion as a means of control which is just gross anyway
4: and he was kind of like good and like snivelly and Mm. yeah it was really it was really good i really um enjoyed this film way more than i thought i would um and there's some cool like twists and lots of like um Sort of like metaphors and stuff, mm, and like yeah, little like Easter eggs and things like that.
1: Symbology and things yeah. like that. Uh, it's one of the ones if you watch it. I think if you watch it again,
4: you pick up you way more. You pick up a lot mm.
1: because certain things reveal themselves as you watch. And I think if you watched it again, you'd pick up on a lot. Uh, this is one of the films that seems to have like a real cult following as well. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't totally aware of it. Mm. beforehand like I knew about it and I was like oh, I want to watch that film it looks interesting and then when I said we're doing Denzel this is one that just kept coming up Okay, um, people are oh, I love that film so like yeah. specifically on uh, Twitter uh, the Mark Knight who's recommended films on other podcasts we've done he, he loves this film he, he recommended it mm. and also uh, Jeff Armstrong a regular contributor to a lot of podcasts I work on uh, this is one of his absolute faves. Like there was this and Remember the Titans were like his he's like these are my top two mm. Denzel films.
4: Oh thanks guys for the recommendation. So, yeah. Um have done like, it justice.
1: Like you say, it's a real different role. Yeah. For a lot of stuff he works on, but it was so cool to see him in this role. And again, it shows his versatility. Like yeah. he can do these sort of cool action. He was films definitely as well.
4: more like quiet and like brooding in this one. His word count is like probably like so yeah
1: it's the presence more. yeah i said to you like this almost feels like it could have been a vin diesel movie yeah we watched it i can imagine vin diesel doing this role yeah yeah what are you doing i'm sorry i thought you were sleeping i wasn't sleeping
3: what are you doing
2: i just wanted to see the book
3: nobody touches it but me you understand me do you understand me
2: yes i understand
3: go to sleep you don't know how to read anyway, it's no use to you,
2: yeah. So, teach me.
4: So, I really liked it, it was yeah, really good, really, really cool film. Um, so next on our list is Anton Fisher.
1: So, this is 2002, and this was uh Denzel's directorial debut.
4: I um, I thought this one was great,
1: yeah, it was really good, really, good. really interesting, and this is based on a true story.
4: And it just, um, there was like Kind of a couple of, I won't call them twists, but like more information kind of came to light. Like mm. throughout the film, it wasn't just like, this is the story. It was more, um, here's a little bit. Like it's all like flashbacks and like based on story from um, this guy called Antoine, Antoine Fisher, his life. And he's Denzel a Navy play, man. Yeah, Denzel plays his psychiatrist. They're both like naval. Mm. Um, and it's just about, is character Anton coming to terms with like his past and his upbringing
1: exactly it's like he's buried it all down and he has regular violent outbursts mm. against other like crewmates and things um he can he's on through. a little bit of a hair trigger yeah and initially it's that classic like you've seen it in films before like good will hunting is very similar mm. um, where it's the the Guy, the young guy and the psychiatrist and he doesn't want to open up to him yeah but then when he does of, he's got so much like the floodgates open. he's got a lot
4: to unpackage yeah, and, and process
1: every time you learn more about his past you're just like oh my god like this guy has been through the ringer yeah. in his life but Denzel really wanted to get this made mm. so um, basically this is really interesting I, I read a little bit about this afterward. we watched it but the the real Antoine Fisher was a security guard at Mm -hmm. Sony Studios so after he left left the Navy obviously he was working as a security guard Mm -hmm. at Sony and um, his story got around from different people working at the studios and stuff Mm -hmm. and um, there was a few people who were interested in sort of maybe developing it for a film Mm -hmm. but he had sort of said like only I want to write this because it's my life it's my story so he took time to write the script himself and he ended up doing 41 drafts before he handed it in um, and then Denzel agreed to star in it as the psychiatrist character because he was mm. like, like, obviously realising his own star power, was mm. like, okay, the only way this. we're going to get this made yeah. is if I agree to be in it. This is the only way it's going to get financed. Yeah. But he wanted to cast sort of a newcomer in the role yeah. of Antoine Fisher because uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was really interested in being uh, okay, Antoine, cool. and as was Will Smith. Wow. Uh, There's a big list of people. Yeah. They're the two I can't remember off the top of my head, but they were really interested in playing this role. But Denzel was uh, adamant that he wanted this newcomer. Mm-hmm. And the guy who played Antoine, Derek Luke, yeah. he was actually working at the Sony Studios at the same time as well. He was working in the gift shop. Oh, wow. And cool. he auditioned and was like, oh, I totally like fucked up my audition. It was terrible. Then Denzel gave him another shot and then was just like, came to him in the gift shop and was like, no, you got the role. You got the part.
4: Oh, that's so cool. Imagine that.
1: Yeah, amazing. And he did a really good job.
4: That's really cool.
1: And uh, like we said, like Viola Davis has a small role in this. It was the first time that uh, Denzel directed her as he would later in Fences as a Mm -hmm. a bigger role.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, But she has a really small role, surprisingly small role for like an actress of her note.
2: Mm. Um,
1: But yeah, this I really did enjoy this as well. I'm a bit of a sucker for these sort of like I don't know the I was gonna say these psychiatry films, that is a lot of them, but <laughs> I always like the relationship with the side between the psychiatrist and the and the sort of student type. Yeah, character. like patient. Yeah.
4: Yeah. It's really interesting. I think he he did um I really like his character in this. Um Denzel's he kind of portrays the he's like a navy psychiatrist like we said but he's got to be kind of like hard and soft Mm. at the same time and you can see he's quite conflicted about obviously coming like a little bit too close to his patient and like there must it must be really tough to draw the line with some people um and sort of like kind of trying to take him under his wing a little bit because he's got no like family, and yeah, exactly. This is the first time he's opened up to anybody, it's and like that he's immediately concerned about links becoming, you to someone.
1: He's concerned about becoming too much of a father figure. Yeah, but at the same time,
4: he's kind of leaning into it.
1: He really wants to be a father figure for this guy who has yeah. who's had so much like trouble in Trauma. his life. yeah. And he's also got his own issues going on. Like his yeah. home life isn't great,
4: which you don't really like.
1: You suspect. You pick it. up on it slightly,
4: yeah. um, but it's not addressed until kind of like the final scenes. Because he's um, not—he's not like the main Antoine character. Antoine is the main character. Yeah.
1: He lets him be the main character, mm. so you suspect there's stuff going on. Mm. But in he's his all, life. But it does—it's not the forefront until it's always, he says it's about it's it. It's really.
4: Um, even though a lot of the film is like flashbacks, um, they're kind of like initiated by the presence of denzel and that's really Mm. kind of like it's a really interesting concept and like having coming back to like that scene where antoine like kind of goes into a flashback and then it comes back and Mm. denzel's kind of prompting him like there's always asking him more questions and like trying to delve like a little bit deeper and things
1: there's always a current event which triggers going back into one of these flashback yeah. scenes. So there's a scene in a bathroom where it goes back into it. There's a scene in a prison cell where it goes back into it. Yeah, you've always got this confrontation between them in the present, mm. which leads into a flashback of the mm. past. Yeah, I thought I really did enjoy it.
4: Mm. Yeah,
1: and it's this is another reason why like doing this podcast is really rewarding for me because this isn't a film I probably would have ever watched. No, without yeah. the show. Yeah. And if it was just like an innocuous film on some actor's like back catalogue, I probably would have passed me by. Mm. But doing this part, I would pick this actor, and then this is in his known for, so it's definitely going to get watched by us. So I'm like, mm. well, that was a great film that I would never have come across. Yeah, yeah, totally like, naturally. So, yeah. Uh, so
4: it's definitely it's a great watch. Would definitely recommend.
1: Um, and then so, so finally, the last one on the known force is the big one. Yeah. A big big film um, this is a film again a bit like a Book of Eli, where I'm like oh I need to watch that sometime because it's so renowned mm-hmm. and I finally did watch it yeah Training Day
3: King Kong ain't got shit on me
4: a lot of big names in this one as well mm-hmm. um, very excited to see Snoop Dogg <laughs> uh, in this, and Macy Gray,
1: and and Doctor Dre, Doctor Dre. Dre himself,
4: yeah. Um Some cool people pop up in this. Unexpectedly, I didn't know anything about this film going into it at all. No,
1: I just all I knew about this film was like everyone just like oh you got to watch it, like it's so good, like it's yeah. a banger sort of thing. I will say, I, I before we get into it, I really did like this film, right? But because I've had people banging me over the head of it for so long, uh, it's a bit overhyped. It was overhyped for me. And I was so gutted because I feel like if I just watched it without anyone banging, it, if I just stumbled across it, I'd be like, "Whoa, what a film!" Right. But the overhype made me go, "Oh, it's pretty good." Yeah, and it's really, really good. But it's just the hype of it. Yeah,
4: you basically watch Ethan Hawke like go through kind of like a trial day it's his first day
1: it's his first day on the job narcotics
4: yeah in a different department he's already a cop Mm. but he's um, he's
1: been wanting to go on narcotics it's his first day in narcotics and he's teamed up with veteran narcotics dude played by Denzel Denzel Washington
3: today's a training day Officer Hoyt show you around give you a taste of the business you know I got 38 cases pending trial 63 in active investigation another 250 on the log I can't clear I supervise five offices. That's five different personalities, five sets of problems. You could be number six if you act right. But I ain't holding no hands. You understand? I ain't babysitting. You got today and today only to show me who and what you're made of. You don't like narcotics? Get the fuck out of my car. Go back to the office. Get a nice pussy desk job, you know? Chasing bad checks or something. You hear me? I hear you. Okay. Why do you want to be a narc? I want to um, serve my community by ridding it of dangerous drugs. Right. Right. Well, why you want to be a <laughs> Uh I want to make detective there you go you can do it stick with me you can do it unlearn that bullshit they teach you at the academy you know? don't bring none of that shit in here should it get you killed out here I will do anything you want me to do
4: Um, he's a bit Denzel's a bit of like a crazy guy isn't he he's a bit yes like he kind he's of... a
1: real loose cannon
4: I don't know whether it's just like cop culture to like kind of throw you throw newbies in the deep end, and it's just like.
1: Well, it's one of those. We're so a weird wacky in this
4: department, or like whatever. But. It
1: starts off, and you feel like, oh, he's just trying to like psych him out first down the job. He's really trying to push him and see yeah. like, his limits, and. And at the beginning, you're like, oh, is he being a shithead or is this just him testing him? And as the day... Because the whole film takes place over a day. Yeah. That's the cool concept of this film. It's from morning till night, a whole day. Mm. And as the day goes on, you're like, is he a shithead? Or is he just pushing him to see his limit? (laughs) And you really see that progress as the day Mm, goes on, without giving too much away.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting to see. He's not... Denzel's not like... He's not... It's necessarily like a baddie, but it's
1: just... Oh, I don't know. I thought he was pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's
4: like really frustrating to see like corrupt
1: cops. It's really weird seeing Denzel play someone this sort of like... Sleazy. Sleazy, yeah. Yeah. Because he's normally like a good guy deep down. Yeah. Whereas this character is just like a sleaze.
4: yeah. It was really compelling to watch, I think. Have and this... n- unexpected, like, because initially I was like, oh, I'll give him a break. Like, he's Will in he narcotics. St- like, it's a really tough department. It
1: starts off like you like, think he's going to be a fun character. Yeah. Like, oh, he's really, like, plays with him. He's really fun.
4: And obviously, like, you know, you've got to be street smart if you're in narcotics. Mm. You've kind of got to be not, like, totally undercover, but, like, obviously you've got, like, your reputation and stuff like that. And um, it just turns... Like, his character just you uncover that he's just like really sour and yeah. not a good egg at all
1: and this was the big one this was his Oscar winning performance oh uh, yeah and this well his his leading he's won he won supporting and he won lead this is mm-hmm. his leading lead actor right, uh, yeah. win but this also you know I said he's got four favourite roles that he played this is one of them yeah and this is the one that he regularly says is the his favourite character that he's played right and I guess because he's it's so different from the other characters he's yeah, so sort of sleazy yeah, yeah it's a fun character and he is very big. It's a big character to he's, play. Yeah.
4: He's quite, I don't want to say flamboyant, but that kind of like energy, whereas he's yeah. just like,
1: he controls the scenes he's in
4: and kind of the, his general surroundings as well. Like yeah. it's his, this is his beat. His world, like, yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, to the point where he just like stops in the middle of an intersection, pulls out his gun and is like waving it around. Yeah. He's kind of just like King of the Hill. No
1: one's going to question him.
4: Um, and he's just trying to kind of wangle his authority Well, you know what? Around. He's
1: such a big character that even though Ethan Hawke has more screen time than him in this film, yeah. he is the one who was nominated for lead actor and <laughs> Ethan Hawke was nominated for supporting.
2: <laughs>
1: and then he won lead actor. And the ending of this film was changed on Denzel's insistence. Oh, yeah? Um, To not give too much away, he really felt like the character deserved some sort of comeuppance.
4: Right, Which wasn't in
1: this script originally.
4: Really? Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: He wanted that. So that was the only thing, because this was written by David Ayer, who I have. uh, I like some of his films, but mostly I'm not a big fan of his films. Right. Uh, This was a good one. But yeah, he wrote this solo, but Denzel was just like, just, well, wouldn't that ending changed sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, but this was the, we said about, he was the first uh, black actor, African-American actor to win two Oscars. Right. This was the first time a uh, black actor won an Oscar who was directed by a black director. So this was um, Double whammy. directed by Antoine Fuqua, who Denzel's worked with, I think, four times. Okay, he yeah, did the cool. Equalizer movies with him and he did the Magnificent Seven remake with him. Mm-hmm. And this, this is their first collaboration. Uh, really good director. Cool. And this was their first collaboration. They obviously got on well. They worked together again. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of an upset though the year that Denzel won the Oscar for this because
4: oh, pretty I be much
1: every other award ceremony gave their awards to Russell Crowe because mm-hmm. it was the same year Beautiful Mind came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Academy Oscars. went for yeah. for this role. And I do like this film. I also really like Beautiful Mind. So, a you know, it makes, it makes no difference to me. Like, Beautiful mm. Mind is a really good film. <laughs> but they're both really good performances. So, you know, either yeah. way, I'm happy.
4: Yeah, definitely worth a watch, this one. Really, really good film.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other interesting thing, you said, um, you know, Snoop Dogg's in it, Dr. Dre's yeah. in it. A few, a few musicians in it. Ethan Hawke plays what is kind of the main character. Mm. The guy, the rookie who's first on the narcotics job. Yeah. That was initially supposed to be Eminem.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: So that would have been like the Eminem and doctor Dre, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, all in the same film. But he turned it down because he was doing 8 Mile. He was working on 8 Mile.
4: Ooh, good excuse. So, but that would have been amazing if he was in this as well.
1: I've never watched that film. I do always, I'm always intrigued that like m and was like, so lauded for this Mm -hmm. performance. I'm like, out of curiosity, I feel like one day I've got to watch this film. Yeah. Uh, I've seen clips from it. Like I've seen the like rabbit, run, rabbit, run clip and stuff like that, but I've never watched, I've never watched 8 Mile. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But yeah, this was, this came up by loads. But when I put it on social media, like so many people recommended this film Mm because it's such a big, big film. Uh, Specifically, um, a few people that recommended it were Genji Kiwi, uh, Aldo, and sir melchit this is uh i don't know if it's the sir melchit from uh black alder goes (laughs) forth general melchit but he has that avatar picture so possibly it's the real deal
4: fingers crossed (laughs) thanks anyway but thanks guys yeah
1: this is uh this was this was inevitably we were going to watch this film anyway but like it was interesting to see how many people really love this film Mm. so they're they're the known force yeah. And I guess we will... Diverse were, bunch. A really, really diverse bunch, yes. Mm. I mean, all four of those are so different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed all four of them in different ways. Yeah. I don't think I've watched any of the... I don't think Denzel's done like a really shit film, to be honest. Like, all the ones we've watched so far, I've enjoyed on some level. Yeah. I don't think there's any that I've been like, didn't really like that one. I
4: mean, don't jinx it, but yeah.
1: We'll see. Yeah, we've still got a of watch, <laughs> But um, yeah, let's take a break and we'll go back to the beginning the very early yeah. roles and work our way to the current day
4: cool so the one of his earliest roles that we watched um, 1987 cry freedom
1: yeah this wasn't his first film or his first sort of like major role was a film called carbon copy mm-hmm. we didn't watch that but this was the first of his early roles which was like a renowned and respected Mm -hmm. like this is a great performance sort of thing yeah and um, he
4: plays um a really prominent black activist in south africa yeah uh in the late 70s called steve biko
1: yeah and south african politics is always something i've turbulent i find interesting just because it's it's absolute ridiculous turbulence Mm. and um like personally my my personal heritage is South African like I don't know any of my South African family members but my surname is South African mm. my family is initi- uh, originates in South Africa uh, mm. so my link to it even though I've never been there I was feel interested in that country and mm. but also very disgusted at a lot of the outrageous racism from that country mm. so it was interesting to watch like a political film focused on like race relations mm-hmm. In, in South Africa.
4: It was kind of set kind of about 10 years after the incident as well. So, yeah. like, it was... Um, it was set in
1: the 70s and the film came out in the 80s. Yeah. yeah.
4: And it's from the perspective of um, a journalist, um, a chap called Donald Woods.
1: Yeah, played by uh, Kevin Klein. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Um, so, he basically um, is uh, the head of a newspaper mm-hmm. and is obviously his workforce is predominantly white. Yeah. Um And then he kind of gets involved or kind of wants to see another side of the story yeah. to
1: Steve Biko and he wants to get more like a black a voice involved in the newspaper. Yeah. And he likes the Steve Biko guy. He likes where he's coming from and his ideas. Well,
4: not initially, but I think once he goes to meet him, yeah. Um, cuz he kind of calls him out on stuff. He kind of calls Steve Biko out on being kind of anti-white. Yes. Um yeah. initially, and then when he like gets to know him, he actually goes to see him cuz he who calls him out initially there it's kind of like well if you knew him oh it's the doctor it's woman. the nurse yeah yeah um she's kind of like if you knew him you you know you wouldn't you'd have a different opinion yeah kind they of arrange
1: thing. a meeting basically mm. and then he's steve Biko, like denzel's character is incredibly charismatic
4: yeah and it's a like super eloquent yeah. um and he's you can comes... see
1: why the people are rallying behind this guy and yeah. putting him as a as a figure and putting him on a pedestal
4: he's got such a good like perspective on the whole situation uh, mm. from both sides like really and it's really interesting to see like the political climate in in that era um something which i'm you know i'm a bit annoyed at myself i didn't know anything about
1: but you're not expected to know everything about like politics and country <laughs> you've never been to or know anything about
4: i know but it you know it it feels like it feels like one of those things that people should know more about
1: well it feels I, like know, one of those events say, in history apartheid and south african politics is something that everyone sort of knows the buzzwords yeah. and the, kind of like nelson mandela and things like that but yeah the nitty-gritty and the ins and outs mm. Deludes them everything about everything
4: i think that's why i really enjoyed this Mm. like shining a light on that um and sort of puts a couple of bits like into perspective yeah yeah which was really interesting so it's a really i think like important film and powerful film to watch
3: my lord blacks are not unaware of the hardships they endure or what the government is doing to them We want them to stop accepting these hardships. To confront them. People must not just give in to the hardships of life. They must find a way, even in this environment, to... to develop hope. Hope for themselves. Hope for this country. Now, I think that is what black consciousness is all about. Now, without any reference to the white man to try and build up a sense of our own humanity, our legitimate place in
1: the world. So, obviously, it is a true story. It's a bar pick. Um, It's directed by uh, Richard Attenborough, and it's Mm -hmm. super long. It's like 2 hours 40? yeah. Uh, So pretty pretty long film, but really enjoyable. Like, I, for such a long film, I found it very engaging. Like, I was engaged the whole way.
4: It didn't... um, Sometimes with really long films, you feel like there's a little bit of, like, a dip. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is, like... This is unnecessary. Or there's a bit where, like, it's just not... um, The pace is, like, lost or whatever. But the whole time, I thought everything in it was really relevant. I
1: really liked it. And this is one that when I looked up, like, some people... Do find it quite slow and mm. dragged, but
4: no, I think me, it needed no. to be as well because it, there's so much to take in. And
1: uh, the, the two main characters, like Kevin Klein's character and Denzel's character, I found them both really interesting. Yeah, performances, really engaging. And together. So I was with them. Yeah, uh, which is important. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, so, like you say, something I didn't know about. So a, a real like historical account mm. of something I don't know about is always interesting yeah. to me um and this was like i say this is probably denzel's first like very prominent performance mm. and this was his first oscar nominated performance he was oscar- uh, nominated for best supporting actor for this film mm. worthy nomination as well like it was a yeah. really good charismatic performance
4: yeah yeah he was definitely even though, how old was he in this was he quite young he
1: came out in 1987 so this is really early
4: Mm. He was still, yeah, like his charisma and the and his accent as well, actually, which is something that um, as of yet haven't seen him like use in any other films. Um, but I'm his... trying to
1: think. I think we did watch one other film where he did a bit of an accent. I can't remember. Off this top one of my was head right like, now. but a very South African thick accent's accent is quite hard to pull off. Yeah,
4: yeah, I yeah, I really liked it. I thought he did a really good job, yeah. kind of portraying the character. And just having that, like, presence.
1: He felt like a leader. Like, he felt like you could understand the way he did this role, why people were rallying behind him, Mm. in the same way that when he does Malcolm X. Yeah. You can see why Spike Lee was like, yeah, this guy can be Malcolm X. He was, like,
4: cool, calm and collected. Yeah. Like, the whole time. Like a natural leader. Even though he was being, you know, like... Provocative. Yeah, provocative and, like, but chased down. He was, like, just... Confident and mm, steadfast, steadfast. Yeah. um, in the face of like adversity and the police and the law coming down on him, restrictions being put on him and his family, you know, people knocking on his, you know, police knocking on his door mm. at night to kind of raid his house. And he was always just like calm and like fairly polite and kind of just like accommodating, even though he knows all of this is like horrible prejudice. Mm. Um, but he's got to take that stance to fight against it.
1: Yeah. I liked it. I really liked it.
4: Yeah, I did. I thought it was so powerful.
1: Talking of powerful, so he in 1989 he did a film, the next film we watched was Glory. Mm. And uh, this was actually suggested as well by one of our listeners. Uh, we'd watched this the night before they suggested it, so I was like, oh, cool, I'm glad we watched it. Oh, uh, yeah. So this was, um, get ready for this name on twitter it was jenny jenny woo jenny jenny um, thanks
4: jenny <laughs> jenny woo jenny jenny but
1: she said you know glory this is, she, that was her word she said this is a really powerful film
4: yeah yeah definitely and
1: as a couple of brits um, our knowledge of american history isn't amazing
4: but weirdly I feel like I know like I know more than I think I should about American history. considering yeah. I don't know how much Americans learn about English history.
1: None. <laughs> from what I can gather from Americans I've spoken to nothing. But I
4: like I think it's just through films. But I, I think also like
1: America's such a modern nation compared to ours that that's it's true. almost it's like hardly, manageable to learn. There's
4: hardly anything to learn.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um but I'm not super knowledgeable about the um
4: like confederate
1: yeah stuff. what's it called the civil war yeah I'm not super knowledgeable about it I know which is the right side the side that I uh, sympathize with yeah but it was really interesting like I can't think of another civil war film that I've watched mm. I don't know if like it's a common sort of genre of film that Americans watch or something that people watch in school or anything mm. Um, I feel
4: like if they don't use this as like an educational film like they should
1: yeah this was really interesting because it's about the first all all-black uh, volunteer company mm. during the Civil War yeah and it's, a, it's a, we so these names mean nothing to us I presume that people learn about uh, Robert Goldshaw I the only thing I know about Robert Goldshaw is that he's in this film played by Matthew Broderick mm. and he's leading this company but I imagine that he's quite like a well-known figure Mm -hmm. maybe if they made a film about him but this was um yeah like i say it's it's about the first all black volunteer company denzel Mm -hmm. is one of the you know soldiers on that alongside morgan freeman is one of them as well yeah and he is sort of like the rebel in the ranks
4: yeah he's kind of a um an outspoken voice
1: he it seems like he's had like a little bit of a rough background he's Mm. He's
4: fallen in mm. for he maybe not the right life. reasons. Yeah. Um, but he's here nonetheless.
1: Yeah, but he ends up being like a, a valuable asset yeah. to, the, to the company. There's a very famous scene in this where he's flogged. He uh, he sort of breaks rules mm. and has a punishment he is flogged. Yeah. And it's very controversial because they're saying, well, this is, you know, I know this is a thing that we do to soldiers. Mm. But think of it. This is a black man. mm First volunteer company, are we really going to flog him in front of everyone? Yeah. When f- considering what we're fighting against. Yeah. But and they do the the it's sp- protocol. The, isn't yeah, it? the guy has to maintain order and maintain protocol, mm. so he goes through and follows through on it. Mm. So Denza has to do the scene where he is flogged, and he's but he just it's a really powerful scene he yeah. just stares at the guy who's commanded his, his commanding officer. he just stares yeah. at him while he receives like lash after lash after lash
4: and you can like he takes his shirt off and it's already so yes. scarred and yeah. marked and yeah when he's staring you just see like one tear like roll down well, and it's so powerful that's the
1: clincher so the director he was originally supposed to cut but he kept rolling Mm. and the moment he decided to keep rolling is when that tear dropped. Oh. It was a voluntary sort of, like, response that, yeah, like, Denzel naturally did it because he mm. said the whip didn't hurt, but it did sting. Like, it wasn't a proper whip, but it did sting. Like, every lash yeah. stung, and, you know, obviously the what that represents and everything, yeah. the thoughts of it. So when that tear rolled, they were just like, bam, we got it. Like, what a powerful scene. Yeah. And it ended up being Denzel's first Oscar-winning performance. Um this is his, he won Best Supporting wow. Actor for this film, so. Yeah, right so. And deservedly so because so, it's a really compelling character. Yeah. Because he is so defiant mm. initially, but he still wants to fight as part of the company. Yeah. But he just wants what's fair. Like, he wants a good pair of shoes is what, like, his initial thing is about. Like, I, I need a good pair of shoes. It's
4: like, um a lot of it is just misunderstanding, I think. Yeah, and they're, they're not just... getting
1: treated fairly because yeah. they're a black company. They're not getting the same Supplies the supplies yeah. that the other the other companies are getting,
4: and um, Matthew Broderick's character, is, who's their like commanding officer, is quite a young officer. Mm. But I think there's a point where you kind of see him just come round to um,
1: well, he wants
4: just like supporting the troops and understanding their kind of plight.
1: He believes in the cause because he steps forward to do it in the first place. Mm. But he is so young; he's still trying to find his feet on how to do this.
4: Yeah, and kind of navigate the very strict like protocol that's put in place. Yeah, exactly.
1: This is one of the first ones we watched, mm. and I did. Yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it. It was a good, powerful film, like we said about mm. a moment in history that we don't really get taught about in the UK. Mm,
4: yeah, not in detail, like not in great detail, no. anyway. Um and it's not that it's two it's just over two hours. Two hour, about two hours. Yeah. Um definitely worth a watch because it's really interesting and sheds light on some cool cool so it sheds light on some <laughs> interesting topics. that's
1: pretty cool, yeah. Um
4: it's really similar to like the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah,
1: that's what it reminded me of. Um, uh, we watched it for the Lawrence Fishbone episode where it was about the first black um pilot squadron during yeah. World War Two. And this was the the first black um, infantry during during the Civil War it's very like similar parallels and they're both really enjoyable films Mm.
4: yeah definitely worth a watch
1: so we'll stop there and we will, uh, so you're going to hear an ad break, we've watched a few more bits getting late here we're going to record the second half another time Uh, so enjoy this 30 second ad break and we'll be back to talk about another big one, Malcolm X
0: Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? Right. We're back. Hey. Um, We're back like possibly three weeks to a month after we recorded the first half.
4: We have watched a lot of films.
1: We've watched a lot. We've also been really busy. Um, Before we get going on the second half of the episode, if there is any extra background noise in this half of the episode, I apologise. I'll try and remove as much as I can. We are recording this on one of the hottest days of the year, potentially the hottest day of the year. So, Whereas I normally um, record in a sort of isolated room, with everything closed, we have to have the window open.
4: It's so I'm melting it It's
1: unbearable. So anyway. I should be able to remove most of it, but I'm just saying that's you may hear it on the second half of this episode. But
4: Let's talk about Malcolm X.
1: Malcolm X is where we got to, so a real big one.
4: Yeah, amazing, amazing film. I think this is possibly one of his best performances, personally.
1: It's one of his most famous roles. It's the one that like I knew was a famous role of his before I'd seen it or seen much of his stuff.
4: Yeah, it's... So good. It's, is it quite long? How long is it? It
1: was super long. It's like three and a half hours long. Yeah.
4: It just covers everything. Um, I love seeing him, like, young. Yes. Um, in those big, like, what do they call them?
1: In his big, big suits.
4: Yeah. I love how he kind of, like, transforms from, like, kind of a young, like, a. he's kind of just, like, on the streets and stuff like that. He's kind of, like hanging around and then he yeah. just really like transcends into this like role
1: where he spends time in prison and yeah. this, it's a common theme. like I've noticed again like we said about things we notice about Denzel Washington he in so many films he goes to prison and comes out wiser or like learns when he's in prison so
4: many films it's just like yeah I went to prison there's like a couple of them I can think of and yeah. um yeah, it's a real like recurring theme.
1: The other thing is the I don't know if we mentioned this in the first half, but the idea of him being a mentor mentor, he always yeah. has these like mentor wise characters. Yeah. Good public speakers.
3: Mm-hmm. here these politicians are sent up here to pacify us. Right. They're sent here and That's set up here by the white man. Right. This is what they do. They send drugs in Harlem down here to pacify us. They send alcohol down here, they send down here to pacify us. They send prostitution down here to pacify us. Why, you can't even get drugs in Harlem without the white man's permission. You can't get prostitution in Harlem without the white man's permission. You can't get gambling in Harlem without the white man's permission. White man's permission. Every time you break the seal on that liquor bottle that's a government seal you're
2: breaking
3: oh I say it I say it again you've been had you've been took you've been hoodwinked bamboozled run astray run amok
1: but something that I forgot to mention so when we started the first half I said to you there was four roles which yeah. he thinks are like he's very fondy of like he thinks they're his best performances mm-hmm. and you said don't tell me them tell me as we go right But we've already covered them all. Oh, right. So I have not been telling you. The only only one I said about it was um, Training Day. Right. That was when I brought it up. And you said, well, tell me the others as we come to it. So the other one was Glory. Right. And then Cry Freedom
4: was the other one. And then
1: this is the other one. Okay. So they're his four performances. Cry Freedom, Glory, Malcolm X and Training Day. So like,
4: obviously, because like Cry Freedom, Glory and Malcolm X were kind of in like a similar period of time. So maybe he just like looks back at that as his kind of like golden yeah it, like, he must it peak. must have
1: been a very like transformative era yeah for him so he just thinks of it as like the prime of him yeah but then he went on to like the But then night. training day was much later so yeah yeah um, but i do think that's some of his best performances and he is fantastic in this yeah um in fact he's such a he really wanted to get this film made he was very passionate about as was spike lee who directed this they're working together again they were so passionate about getting this film made mm. um, that he um Ended up just dropping his salary for this film to get wow. it made. Uh, there was loads of preparation. Cool. Uh, he ended up naming his son Malcolm after Malcolm X. That's really Sons cool. Malcolm. And yeah, it's a fantastic performance. It is the longest performance to ever been nominated at the Oscars. Amazing. With three hours and 21 minutes, 58 seconds of screen time.
4: Yeah, it's long.
1: So that's because it follows him all the way through. It's so rare. Like sometimes it'll be like an hour and a half film and the lead actor has... 50 minutes of screen time if that and yeah. that's the lead actor but yeah he's ba- he got over three hours of screen time it's the yeah. longest ever performance to be nominated but he didn't win the oscar oh man it went to yeah. al pacino for the film scent of a woman which i've never seen
4: no i've heard neither. of it but never seen it oh right yeah that's a shame this would have been like really iconic yeah i, I think,
1: think this is worth it i not like i say al pacino is a really good actor i haven't mm. seen him in scent of a woman so i can't really say but i feel like this is a really oscar winning performance yeah
4: must like have been said, a tough choice.
1: It's ridiculously long. It's like nearly three and a half hours long. Mm.
4: But it's definitely, I think, a really impo- important role for him. Um, yeah, I think this is like one to watch, definitely.
1: Yeah, and like you say, it's an important role. Um, and this wasn't his first collaboration with Spike Lee. His first was actually uh, Mo Better Blues, but we didn't watch that one. Mm. But they have collaborated quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously, like I said, loads of preparation. Really important film. Yeah. And I did like it. I didn't, I, it was, I don't know how to say this about sounding like an idiot. Like, like it was so long. It was really long. And I actually felt like it could have been tightened up a bit. Right. I felt like it was like slightly too long.
4: Do you think that would have made light of the entire kind of um, discourse?
1: Like? Maybe, maybe it needed to be that long. But for me, I was like. We, had to, we watched it in, like, two things. We, like, watched half in the afternoon. Yeah. And then we watched the rest of like in the evening. Mm. Like, it felt long.
4: It was worth it. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it, I think...
1: Were well, you, you're you a big fan of these biopic films anyway. Yeah.
4: Also, um, like, quite naively, I didn't really know a lot about Malcolm X. Right, okay. Um, before I'd watched it. Um, there was a, like, I know of him. Um, I knew a couple of things. But um, it went in, like, a lot more in-depth mm. um, into like why he became who he was. Yeah, yeah. Um which was like really interesting.
1: Yeah, I really actually did find that cuz the film was in acts. It was like young him, then yeah. him learning, then him as a leader, then yeah. him changing his mind. Like you got all, all sides of it and mm. um I really liked that section of the film which was him educating himself. Yeah. And you learning alongside him, I always like that. Mm. Dynamic in a film. But yeah, great film.
4: Next, um we watched Much to Do About Nothing. Well, we
1: watched this with the Keanu yeah. Really. Right. Yeah. Denzel's a much more prominent role in this. Yeah. He is like one of the leads.
4: Mm-hmm. But we did. Yeah. We spoke about it. mostly. We spoke about it on episode. that. We
1: said it was quite interesting to make uh, use a black actor in this role. Yeah. Um. You know, it's the it's a Kenneth Branagh Shakespeare adaptation mm. that we thought was. Well, you didn't really like it at all, and I thought it was all right.
4: Yeah, I was a bit like, man. Yeah. So Denzel Washington plays Don Pedro.
1: Yeah, Don Pedro. We don't have to like, linger on every single film because we've watched so many. But yeah, we yeah. spoke a little bit about it, listened to it on Keanu.
4: Next one is uh, Philadelphia.
1: Which is a great film. We didn't re-watch it for this. We watched it when we did the Tom Hanks one. Yeah,
4: we didn't rewatch it, no. Um, yeah, it is a great film. But
1: it is really good, and I forgot that this was Denzel until I was going through the filmography and I was like oh yeah he was great in that yeah this was a a part that was actually considered the role was considered uh, to be played by Bill Murray
4: really they were
1: considering Bill Murray or Robin Williams
4: to play the lawyer yeah Mm. to play
1: Denzel's character so in this film um Tom Hanks' character. We talked about it a bit on the Tom Hanks yeah. one, but he's he's dying of AIDS basically, and he thinks the company are firing him because of that, and he tries to sue the company. To
4: pursue, yeah, justice. And
1: yeah, he hires this lawyer who's really homophobic. Tom Hanks is in a gay relationship, and that's and they sort of like learn from one another. Yeah, and um, so he like starts off as this like homophobic lawyer, and then actually learns about Tom Hanks' character and really yeah. starts to respect empathize him and stuff, with him.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: Everybody in this courtroom. thinking about sexual orientation you know sexual preference whatever you want to call it who does what to whom and how they do it. i mean they're looking at andrew beckett they're thinking about it they're looking at mr wheeler miss conine even you your honor they're wondering about it (laughs) trust me i know that they are looking at me and thinking about it so let's just get it out in the open let's 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 get it out of the closet because this case is not just about AIDS, is it? So let's talk about what this case is really all about. The general public's hatred, our loathing, our fear of homosexuals and how that climate of hatred and fear translated into the firing of this particular homosexual. My client, Andrew Beckett.
1: But yeah, when they were originally tossing out between Bill Murray or Robin Williams and then Denzel Washington, saw the script or whatever, and was, showed a big interest in it. And they sort of thought, oh, that would be a really interesting casting. Yeah. And they sort of rejiggered the film around him. That's cool. But this was his last sort of supporting role Yeah. before he went on just to be like leads, basically. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. yeah this is an amazing film. So definitely great film. on your to-watch list.
1: Yeah, great, great film.
4: So next we're going to talk about uh, Crimson Tide.
1: Crimson Tide, yeah. This was another one that uh, Sir Melchett suggested on twitter he uh, suggested a fair few thanks uh so this is, he, gave, he gave me a, t- a top four of his own so every time we come across one of his i'll say it
4: i really like this um because it's like kind of challenging authority
1: yes like, even
4: though the law says but one but he thing, is the like, one
1: who's following the, the rules
4: but then he does bend the rules himself but for the betterment of the crew to keep them alive so um i like that because this film's kind of like based on true events the fact that like after what happened and obviously like they had to like report it and everything um, the laws actually like got changed yeah. for the better which is
1: kind of a spoiler that's kind of the twist at the end like did you know this was real and mm. the, the law changed
4: yeah which I thought was really cool
1: but this was his first collaboration with Tony Scott the director he, did, he ended up doing five films with Tony Scott for wow. um, Tony Scott passed away Ridley Scott's brother yeah uh, but this was the first one and he was drawn to it because the so set on a submarine yeah which said Gene Hackman's like the submarine, what do they call it? Commander or Commander, or I don't know, we don't know, military ranks or whatever. But Gene, Gene Hackman's in charge, and uh, Denzel's like his right-hand man and the new blood. Captain. And he wants his XO. Oh, yeah. Denzel's the XO. And he wants to, he's very by the book. Yeah. And Gene Hackman's character is, I know what's best, and he's kind of hungry for war.
4: Yeah, he's got like all the experience or whatever, and it just kind of
1: thinks he knows best rather yeah. than following the rules and yeah. So basically Denzel leads a mutiny. Yeah. And that's what it's about.
4: Like events unfold. Yeah. Um, you know, um they're about to their mission is to like set off like a nuclear missile.
1: And you've got the last hour of the film. You've got a countdown going on. And I didn't even kind of know I noticed like it felt very like
4: the pace, of pace it. the pace yeah. of it
1: felt very like oh you're with them every minute yeah but the last 60 minutes of the film is in real time oh wow and I didn't even like pick that up as I was watching it just felt like like in hindsight I'm like of course it was and we were like following the whole step yeah. but you had that 60 minute countdown and that was the last hour of the film
4: that's really cool so that's really like cool. the pace kind of and um, the whole time you're kind of like on edge which is good like mm. trying to figure out like what's gonna happen who's gonna like win their side of the argument
1: yeah um. But Denzel basically did this. He wanted to work with Gene Hackman. Uh, he thought it would be fun to be like head to head with Gene Hackman. Yeah. Uh, the quote is he, wanted, he thought it would be fun to be jousting with a master.
3: <laughs> War is a continuation of politics by other means. On Clausewitz. I think, uh, so that what he was actually trying to say was a little more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the purpose of war is is to serve a political end, but the true nature of war is to serve itself. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> In other words, the sailor most likely to win the war is the one most willing to part company with the politicians and ignore everything except the destruction of the enemy. That you'd agree with that? I'd agree that uh, that's what Klauswitz was trying to say. But you wouldn't agree with it? No, sir. I no, I, I just think that in the nuclear world... true enemy can't be destroyed. Attention on deck. Von Klauschwitz will now tell us exactly who the real enemy is. Von? <laughs> <laughs> in my humble opinion... In the nuclear
1: world, the true enemy is war itself.
4: They are pretty much like total opposites in this film. And yeah, I look yeah. Like
1: that. It is like a fun dynamic than playing against each other because they're so, they don't like each other at all.
4: Mm. It's an uncomfortable to watch their relationship, but a really good film.
1: We will be um, blowing through these films at a fair pace some of the time because there's a lot to go through. Yeah. So next was Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah. Um I really liked the idea of this. And then yeah. when I watched it I didn't didn't enjoy it that much.
4: Yeah, it I don't know, there was something about it that just didn't um like grip me, I think, as like I wanted it to. No, my was mind was wandering.
1: Well I thought oh it'd be fun, it's kind of noirish and I like those sort of films yeah. and the description sounded really cool, but the the ratings and reviews were not that great, but I was like, it sounds cool. And we it's both almost like wanted to watch it. you're
4: kind of following along and then you, there's threads that are like pulled, but it's almost like, I don't know, they're all kind of separate and nothing is like weaved together. No. Um, and it just feels a little bit disjointed, which
1: is really unfortunate. Uh, I liked unfortunate. Don Tudor was in it and he was good in it. Mm. He was like his sort of loose cannon friend. He was, like he was quite happy. F- yeah, he yeah. was like a really fun role. That was probably my favourite bit of it.
4: Yeah. Um, there was just a lot going on, I think.
1: yes. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't recommend it. Um, I didn't hate it. Like None of these films were really bad, but mm-hmm. it was just like, nah, yeah. it didn't rise to the top. And then after that, I watched Fallen, mm-hmm. uh, which was recommended on Twitter, actually, by Erica. So thanks, Erica. Becca didn't watch it. She was away for the weekend and didn't want to watch serial killer movies, of which there are a few. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I'll down. watch that based on your recommendation. And I thought it was all right. I didn't love it. I'm sorry, but I did. I enjoyed it, but didn't love it.
4: Oh, it's got John Goodman in it.
1: Yeah, it's John Goodman and and Denzel. And it's it's interesting. It's about like you know the devil, like fallen angels, basically among among you. You came home actually, and you saw the last ten minutes of it. But it's him realizing that fallen angels walk among us, and right, he's he's a cop basically.
4: He's not one of them though. No, it's just like he knows. Well, they 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 can jump
1: between bodies. Right. So okay. it's you follow that and it's a cool concept. Um I think it could have been done better, but yeah, it was alright. The, the the problem is I did watch it back to back with the Bone Collector. Right. This was better than the Bone Collector.
4: Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about I the Bone Collector? I might as well just talk about the Bone yeah. Collector now,
1: because I did like uh sort of like it ends as a cop and there's a killer going on, double right. Bill but even though so Bone Collector he's not a cop, he's a writer and he has an accent and he's uh paraplegic, basically, he's bedridden and he's trying to help Angelina Jolie's character track down this serial killer Right. who's like kidnapping people and, and killing them, leaving clues it's that sort of like he's leaving mm-hmm. clues he, even, he must be smarter than us yeah and i remember this film coming out when i was a teenager mm. my friend uh ben shout out to ben who i haven't spoken to since i was like 17 so like half of my life ago <laughs> but we used to always watch films together especially in some holidays live around the corner wow. and he loved this film this is like one of his favorite films oh, Wow! and i remember watching it then and being like that's all right yeah. And then I wanted to rewatch it now, thinking, would I like it now I'm older? And it was all right. Mm. <laughs> like it, it was, I was kind of bored during it. Oh, okay. uh, I preferred Fallen. Neither of them were like my favourites, but mm. I much preferred Fallen. It was a much cooler concept. There we go. That's my little double bill. But in between Fallen and The Bone Collector.
4: Yep. We watched He Got Game.
1: He Got Game.
4: Got game, she got game, we got game, they got game, he
3: got game, it might feel good, it might sound a little oh, the
4: game, if it ain't saying nothing. So, Denzel plays like a father, um, who, he's like, opens the film and it's like he's in prison and stuff, yeah. and then um, he's trying to get kind of released early, and they, I think there's some kind of thing going on with like, one of the guys in charge of the prison like a really big basketball fan or something, and his son is like up and coming like basketball
1: yeah um, Denzel's son is like high school basketball superstar getting really renowned like this guy's the best and every college wants him to go to it yeah so they're like we'll
4: let you out of prison if you you can convince him can convince him I think it's to go to a certain college to go to a certain one exactly
1: the one that the guy at the prison has ties to he's like if you can get him to sign up to this college we will let you release early
4: isn't that crazy? So concept? they let
1: him out of prison. They give him a time frame that he's got like a few weeks.
4: I think it's like two weeks, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he, they put him up in a motel. They give him some spending money and they say, reconnect with your son because they're not, yeah. they don't go on at all. And try and convince him to go to this college. If he signs it, hmm. he gives him a bit of paper. He said, if you can get him to sign this paper, then we will let you Done go. deal. Yeah. yeah. So the concept sounds ludicrous. Yeah. And you sort of was like, oh God, do I even want to watch that based on the concept?
4: It was all right, actually. I loved it. I thought Denzel's character was really good. I
1: think this, honestly, I don't hear anyone talk about this film ever. I think this is one of Denzel's most complex characters. Yeah, Because definitely. he's he's done bad things. He's very well-meaning. He's very honest. He has to come to terms with things in his past. He has a terrible relationship with his son. Yeah. Good relationship with his daughter. Like, he's... Mm. He's so trying to he's like hold conflicted. all these different things together. And then he's also, he's got um, Mini Jokovic in it. She, she's sort of like a love interest. He starts, yeah. he, he gets a bit of a taste of freedom, even though he's only out for two weeks and he starts this relationship up in that time. And mm. I think it's just such You're a right. complex character.
4: Yeah. So the reason he went to prison is because he was charged with killing um, his like, partner, his wife at the time. Yes,
1: which is why he has a bad relationship with his son.
4: Yeah, because obviously his son's old enough.
1: That's the twist.
3: But you some kind of heathen out? You don't make no mistakes? You be out here shooting. What, you don't miss no shots ever? Ever? People make mistakes. People veer off the path. So what? God forgives them. Has God forgiven you for killing my I mother? I pray that he has, son. I believe he has. When will you? Never. I will. Hey, look. Hey. Now, son, I kill. Yeah. Isn't that from the good book? Yeah, it's in the good book. So what? So what? Ain't nothing that I can do, son, that can bring your mother back. What you want me to do, huh? Did you even love my mother, huh? Yes, I loved her. I loved her more than life itself. You should have have a hell of a way of showing it.
4: I can't believe you think it's uh, his like most diverse role.
1: I think it it's kinda, so complex I think you're right. because he is a killer. Mm. Like he is down for murder of his own wife. But you, you really like him. Yeah i don't know it's so it's so complex i think that's why
4: i don't know i didn't dislike it but i think that's why because there's no i don't know you have like conflicting feelings for him and Mm. he's the main character and like i don't know feel good films are always just like oh you're rooting for the main character but this one was really hard for to root for him because of you You can
1: see why his son hates him because you see him in flashbacks you see him with his young son and sometimes he is horrible to his son he drinks too much and he like Bullies his son and like pressures him to play basketball. But then other times they play basketball and they're having a great time. He's like a really, like, he's not a great dad. Mm. I I thought it was really complex, but um, there is a scene and his son is played by actual basketball player um, uh, Ray Allen. Mm. And um, when there's actually a bit where they have to play basketball together. Yeah. And Spike Lee said, You guys just play some basketball. Yeah. And I will film it. Cool. And knowing that, like, Alan is going to be be way better. Yeah, like He's going to smash him. And that's the whole point. Yeah. So he just filmed it. But the thing is, when it actually came down to it, Denzel scores that first basket, doesn't he? Yeah. And Ryan is like really annoyed. And then they're like taunting each other. This is all like, this is all real.
4: Wow, that's really cool. It just so
1: happened that Denzel scored four in a row against him at the start of the thing. That's
4: amazing. Which you
1: think is scripted because it's so unlikely. Yeah. And you can see... His son getting more and more angry about it and they're more competitive. That's cool. So it was all real and I thought that's amazing that scene is so raw and so real and they're in character taunting each other but it's actually irritating Alan who's a real player. (laughs) So yeah, fun fact for that one.
4: That's cool. Let's talk about The Hurricane.
1: Mm. Here comes the story of the hurricane The
2: man
4: Of
1: the, world. the last one we watched yeah what did you think this pretty was pretty long this was recommended again this was a recommendation from william ford on twitter i hope yeah. i don't forget anyone anyone who recommends a film i try and shout try out. and shout out. but william ford great suggestion I this is this. this is a brilliant film so good and this was an oscar nominated performance yeah,
4: yeah. denzel plays like a young boxer
1: yeah it's a biopic yeah. Yeah, another bar pick. Grew up but... on
4: the streets, sort of, you know, he went to juvie, like, in prison, like, young. He mm. escaped, started his career as a boxer um, at his, like, peak.
1: And Denzel was in shape in this film. Yeah. He trained for a year of a boxing coach for this film.
4: Wow. Yeah, and he considering looked, a lot of the ripped. film
1: is just him in prison. Yeah. There's not that many boxing scenes. Yeah. But they had to be convincing because he's playing a real boxer.
4: Well, they d- do use them quite a lot, like throughout the film. There's mm. like a flashback yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then basically, like the guy who the head, what's it called? Oh, the police chief basically has like this weird, like,
1: he's like a vendetta racist against vendetta him. Yeah. against him
4: and it's awful and kind of frames him. Yes. F- and puts him back in prison. Uh, he's been in prison lo- like more than half his life at this point. Well, before
1: point. he'd even gone into prison for the fake murder that he's yeah. like, put in prison for he's been in prison for over half his life yeah and then he gets put in again for a life
4: yeah it's mind-bogglingly frustrating to watch this like happen because also you know that he's innocent and basically the rest of the film is about him well it he goes, he goes like when he f- It does go back it? and
1: forth but when he first gets imprisoned he writes a book about yeah. how it's all false and this yeah. is what really happened that gets released no one pays much attention to it Mm-hmm. but this kid picks it up like
4: years later years
1: later as secondhand bookshop yes. reads it becomes so fascinated by this character in this story and he's like
4: he like really he's not he doesn't even relate to him but he's just like empathizes with him yes, so, much, so much and he's in, so inspired by him well
1: they become like prison pen pals yeah and then they become friends and then the people that the kid lives with because he almost has like a foster family mm they become kind of join
4: the cause yeah
1: they sort of say we got to get this guy out and it's all about these people trying to help him get out of prison
4: yeah so they go through like all the cases and stuff and he's he's he learned like basically like learned law in prison to try and defend his own case mm. and he tried to get it re i don't know what it's called re, a retrial, retrial or whatever like two or three times just kept failing 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 and then yeah the you know, the majority of the film follows um, this young boy um, who's, like, become, like, quite close to Denzel's character mm. and his um, kind of, like, adopted family, like, retracing the whole yeah. the steps of all the events and everything to try and um, get him released.
2: Yeah.
3: Look, Rob, I just want you to know, if that doesn't work, I'm busting you out of here. You are? Yeah, that's right. I'm busting you out of here. What was the first book you ever bought? Yours. Hmm. You think that was an accident? No. No, me neither. Lesber, short for Lazarus. He who is risen from the dead. Reuben. Genesis, chapter 29, verse 32. Behold, a son you put those two together Lesber, and you have behold a son who is risen from the dead that's no accident Hate put me in prison love's gonna bust me out I
1: wasn't familiar with the hurricane like no. the person the boxer is like really famous figure like i didn't know until i heard it multiple times on the soundtrack and listened to the lyrics like the bob dylan song the hurricane is about the hurricane. Yeah, i had no about idea about this guy
4: yeah but i kind of liked coming to the film like not knowing anything yeah. like fresh yeah and like, like um, this is
1: a big story
4: um, makes me really want to read that like book he wrote
1: the 16th round yeah mm.
4: Um, to get like more, like it must be quite like an in-depth like backstory.
1: Mm, mm. Um, but I thought the film was really good. Yeah. Yeah, and it had um had Leif Schreiber in it, and they also star alongside each other in the curing Candidate mm-hmm. at some point. We'll talk about in that the future. Yeah, out. yeah.
4: So yeah, really, really like this. Definitely put this on your to watch list. Yeah, this is definitely worth a watch. Next is Remember the Titans.
1: This is a really famous film. I feel like this is a film that everyone in America has watched. Yeah. And um, not as many people in the UK have watched.
4: No, I thought this was really, really, really good. Really interesting. He Again, another thread and kind of like recurring theme that Denzel has is like definitely like race and race relations. Mm-hmm. Um, like running through his film. My um, like career.
1: So this was recommended by uh, Jeff Armstrong and Aldo.
4: Thanks. So thanks
1: guys. Uh, this is they're one of their Great favorites recommendation. and you know it's one of, i hear this referenced all the time
4: mm.
1: like americans on podcasts or anything they all reference this i feel like it's something that you have to watch in school or something almost like everyone has just seen this film in America. yeah and when it first started i thought this is going to be a bit of fluff it's a disney movie basically mm. uh, we watched it on disney plus yeah and i thought oh it's going to be one of them films where it's like because it's about the first school, it's about school it's like, coming. Um, yeah, so like
4: segregated Reintegration, schools, yeah. yeah got, integration. Yeah.
1: And so it's about the football team have to, they're going to have a, they get a new coach in, which is Denzel Washington's character. And they're going to mix, have a mixed football team, mm. blacks and whites. And they go away to camp, like a, a football camp yeah. before the school year. And I thought, oh, this is going to be... I was sort of rolling my eyes a bit, actually, in the first half mm. of the film, because I was like, it's going to be one of them things where all the black kids and all the white kids go away to camp and they all come out best friends and it's like racism was solved in two weeks. Mm. What a happy ending. And when they came back from camp, I was like, oh, we're only like uh, not even halfway through the film.
2: Mm.
1: So where's this going now? And actually what the film's about is when they get back and they've actually sort of had to work to like... Teamwork together and work together mm. when they go back to school, everyone's sort of like, Ugh, You're friends of each other, and the integration Overcoming is kind of like
4: that prejudice, like, yeah, there their is peers. a huge prejudice, yeah. And it's then almost it's, like the football team were like the early adopters of it, yes. So they, because I don't know how the schedule ever works in America for football, and I have no idea how
1: ever. true any of this is, mm. like, I think it is based on a true story. Uh, Because it showed where all the players ended up, didn't it? Yeah. So it is based on a true story. It's probably like fluffed a little bit because it is a Disney movie. It's kind of feel good, apart from some kind of real downer bits in it. Um, You know, it's a sports movie and I'm not a big sports fan, Mm. but I love sports movies. Yeah. Because they give you clear, like, people to root for. Mm. These are the bad guys. You get different characters. You get a coach who's like the team leader. Like, sports movies are great. Yeah, they're so fun and this was a real sort of classic good sports movie Yeah, and I was pleasantly surprised when it didn't end up being the fluffy we solved racism in two weeks at camp and it actually when they got back you had to deal with and the the coach has to deal with loads of like racism against him because he's a black coach
4: yeah yeah it was really really good really interesting
1: and I really like the character as well Denzel's character the coach Boone Mm. like I really like that character
3: yeah you smiling yes yes sir yes sir why are you smiling because I love football. Football's fun? Fun, sir. Fun, sir. It's fun. Yes. You sure? I think so. Now you're thinking. First you smile, then you think. You think football is still fun? Uh, Yes. Sir? Yes. No. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? Uh, no, not by now. No, it's no. not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Uh, no. Make up your mind. No, no. Think, since you're thinking now. Go on, think. No, is no. it fun? No, sir. No. No, sir. No. No, sir. Absolutely not? Zero fun, sir. All right, listen up, I'm Coach Boone. I'm gonna tell you all about how much fun you're gonna have this season. We leave for camp, Gettysburg College, August 15th, 7.29 a.m. If you report at 7.30, you will not be playing football this season, you will be watching. You will wear a jacket, shirt, and tie. If you don't have one, buy one. Can't afford one, then borrow one from your old man. If you don't have an old man, Then find a drunk, trade him for his. Because I can guarantee you there isn't a bum on the street that looks as raggedy and ridiculous as what I'm looking at right now. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive.
1: So, yeah, great film. I was glad I watched it.
4: So, next is Man on Fire.
1: Yeah... What do you think of this? I like this. You did, when yeah. we was watching this, you were like, this is a great film. Yeah. <laughs> you sometimes, it so, sounds like I live in a simpleton. But <laughs> so every now and then we were watching a film, you just go, this is really good. <laughs> like, it was like probably two thirds of the way through when it's really getting action-y, action-packed. You were like, this is a good film.
4: It was like, is it was like an easy watch. Like, I really like it. It was it.
1: long, though. It like was It long. was a really long film, Soon but and very hours. watchable.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, this was another one that Sir Melchett recommended when it hey. he was in his top four.
4: I liked it. Uh Denzel just plays like a former CIA. Um, but you don't We really don't really know, know much about his beginning. history in it, yeah. no. Um, and basically Like when you
1: said that I was like, Oh was he? Oh, I didn't yeah, really go together what his like, past was. He
4: knows his guns and stuff. Oh and that's
1: how he knows um mm. what who who's his friend and Christopher Walken's character. Yeah. That's how they know each other. Where's this set? Mexico. Mexico. Mexico City.
4: Oh yeah. Set in Mexico City. He's basically he's been on the booze. He's, he's a not. A, he's not a sharpshooter as used as, no. as he used to be. Yeah, his mate, who's a little bit, um, I've got like some dodgy vibes from Christopher Walken's character. He's a bit like shady in a not a menacing way, but just like a dodgy dealer guy.
1: I really liked the relationship between Christopher like Walken's character and yeah, of, they were like really good together. You know, sometimes yeah. you get um, you like pairings of actors you wouldn't expect, mm. and they're actually awesome together. Yeah, and like a lot of their scenes were completely improvised.
4: Yeah. And that's the thing that that's comes amazing. up
1: with Denzel. was like a very...
4: He loves improv. He does
1: a lot of improv. Yeah. Like a lot of the... A lot of, When I was doing the research for his films and his roles and that, so many times I read like, oh, he improvised this scene. Like the, even in a Training Day, that mm-hmm. King Kong ain't got shit on me. That was improvised. Yeah. And that's like an iconic line. And yeah, all, most of their scenes are like improvised.
4: But um, so yeah, he's a bit down and out. And he's in Mexico. He comes to Mexico Mexico City, needs some work. Contacts his contacts his mate Christopher Walken, and it's like, what can you hook me up with? Um, and it's basically like a child bodyguard. Yeah, he's a babysitter.
1: There's, there's a there's a spate of kidnappings going on. Mm. It, is, it still does happen in Mexico City. it's, yeah. it's kind of it's bad for this. Um, and he it's like a rich family. Basically, it's like be the bodyguard for our daughter, drive her to school, pick her up from school, take yeah. her to piano lesson. And he sort of befriends the daughter in Who's the process.
4: played by Dakota Fanning. Yes. She's really young in this. Um, yes. I don't think I've ever seen her this young in a film. Oh, I have. I was like a big, was, she's got quite a big role in it, yeah. really, um, for a child actress. Um, I thought she was really great. And it's basically just like them kind of bonding and like, he's yeah. kind of like super distant and she kind of keeps like trying to kind of... Be- like, befriend him and, like, her endeavours. But they
1: do become friends yeah. as well. It's that great, like, I always love that, like, mentor and the kid.
4: Yeah, breaking down Lone the, Wolf and the Cub walls, stuff. Yeah. You're smiling. What? You were
1: smiling. No, no You were? No, I was not. You're not now, but you were.
3: No, you were smiling. I wasn't you smiling. You
1: were.
3: When? Like, five seconds ago. I'm not smiling.
4: Well,
3: a second ago you were. You, no, you said five seconds ago. Now that's six. Six seconds ago I was <laughs> okay, smiling. Ten sec- seconds ago. Ten seconds ago I was smiling. Okay, in okay. the next ten seconds, let's see who smiles first. You smiled already. See, you did. <gasps> no, that wasn't. A, that was a smirk. That was a smirk. That's not a smile. A smirk is different. They both thought with S, but they're not the
1: same. Do your homework. But they did actually really, like, bond on set as well. Oh, that's cool. Um, Denzel and I think you can kind of
4: tell, like, their performance shows that.
1: They played a lot of ping pong on set together. Yeah. And and she ended up knitting a scarf for his wife.
4: That is so cute. (laughs) Oh, my... Holy hell, that's so cute. Um, Anyway, she gets kidnapped. Spoilers. um, As if it wasn't obvious. It's obvious
1: it's going to happen, yeah.
4: Um, And it's just about his... Like, fight to get back. And he is
1: no nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. He
4: basically, like, goes... He's like like
1: a man on fire. (laughs) Yeah.
4: He basically, at that... It's like a turning point. He's like, right, like, this is what I'm here for now. Like, before, he was kind of, like, just... He had no purpose. And that's, I think, that's why, like, predominantly why he, like, hit the bottle. Mm. But um, when this happens, it's, like, he just completely flips. He's, like, a new person. He's, like you know on point he's alert um, you know engaged and he's like quite tenacious in like trying to track down her um, people who captured her
1: yeah um, he had a voice coach because he has to speak um, a bit of Spanish This because it's like obviously yeah. a duolingo thing but he wanted to get the accent right the American accented Spanish okay that's cool so he had a voice coach for that
2: no offense but I regret that your profession needs to exist
1: <laughs> so do I Marjorie So
2: do Do you ever see the hand of God in what you do?
3: No. Not for a long time.
2: The Bible says, be not overcome of evil,
3: but overcome evil with good. Romanos, Capitolo 12, Vesicolo 21. I'm the sheep that got lost, Madre.
1: Um, And he actually, he said at this time... He was getting a little bit, like, bored of acting in the roles he was doing. He was a little bit burnt out. And this was the one that, like, reignited it because he really loved the character. He thought it was a really interesting role. Yeah. And he actually ended up going, he did a bit of method acting. So when he was on set, he was in character for this. He tried Uh a bit of method acting out. That's Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, This is the one where you noticed his uh, bent finger.
4: Yeah um let's just touch on this like briefly
1: because i will say this is like the second to last one we watched so we watched like 25 films or something
4: yeah i don't know how and we didn't notice, notice it. till this till then i after i noticed it in films that we watched like after this i noticed that the whoever is on like the camera the director or whatever does a very good job of shooting his hand at an angle where it's really not obvious or just like avoiding shooting it
1: what, what's to, not obvious? To the point
4: where I didn't notice that his little pinky finger, I think it's on his right hand. Don't, I don't know. One of his remember. hands. It's like literally almost like a bent at a 45 degree angle halfway up his pinky finger. Yeah. Um, what happened again? What? It's a sports injury. Yeah.
1: It's an old sports injury yeah. that he just never got his finger reset. Yeah. I don't know why. It is very, like when you look, if you type in like Denzel Washington's finger, like I did <laughs> on Google after we watched it, like... Wow, it is like a.
4: I can't, I just can't believe, like, that um, I just didn't notice it. I
1: can't believe that he wouldn't get a reset. I can't believe his wife isn't like, get your finger reset. (laughs) Um, Like, when you, when she goes, when they're walking along and she goes to hold his hand or something, (laughs) just like, oh, for God's sake, Denzel. (laughs) But then maybe that's, maybe that's why he doesn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is jarringly, like, angular.
4: (laughs) If you had that same thing and it bugged me, you would not get it set. No,
1: that's true. Um, um, but yeah, the good film, uh, you said, you kept saying for it, you thought, uh, fanning was really great in it for such a young yeah. actress. Denzel really loved working for her as well. He was really impressed Yeah, with, uh, acting ability at such a young age.
4: She was great. Uh,
1: and this was him and Tony Scott again. This is their, their first time they've worked together since Crimson So It had been a little while, mm-hmm. but then like the second of five. So after this, they did a few, mm-hmm. uh, which we watched a few more of, I think.
4: So next you watched, uh.
1: Mancurian Candidate
4: Mancurian Candidate you know, I didn't me. watch
1: this for this I had oh, right. seen this I've watched right. this like when it came out mm-hmm. um, and don't have like a, like that many memories of it I remember Meryl Streep's in it right Lee Schreiber's in it and it's a remake it's yeah a remake I've heard of, of it the, yeah it's a, it's a, the, the original is very famous and this mm. is the remake and it's not a bad remake at all mm. it's not incredibly mind-blowing it's just a pretty good remake of an old film and I think it's alright and worth a watch if you like
4: Lee Sharp. pops thrillers. up in, um, he pops up in he was
1: in we just talked yeah. about it. he was in um, Hurricane yeah yeah, but not a bad film not a masterpiece alright mm. political thriller
4: okay next is Inside Man
1: yeah Spike Lee again this is the fourth film together
4: um, I quite like this
1: uh, talking of improvised like there was a lot of improvised dialogue from Denzel Washington. in this film oh really yeah Spike Lee was just like he was loving his improvised lines he was just like go for it go, go for it yeah, yeah
4: that's cool Essentially, Denzel plays um, a policeman who's in charge of like hostage negotiations. Mm -hmm. So he like arrives at this scene where a bank robbery's taken place, and um, they know that some bank robbers have quite a lot of hostages in there. And it's like a really old bank, and it's kind of like in one door, out the same door. There's no, there's no in, you know. Um, So it's basically just like everything that surrounds this bank robbery
1: it's a little bit of an ensemble piece with all these mini stories going on because yeah. you've got the actual robbers and the lead guy is Clive Owen Yeah, and then you've got the police who are trying to take you down and it's um, Denzel and Chuaeta Ejiofor yep. is his like partner and Willem Defoe's, and the and Willem yeah. already, Willem Defoe's a cop
4: he's like the head of the scene
1: yeah he's on the scene so they, there's a bit of friction between them two so you've yeah. got like, there's a great cast so far yeah uh, and then you've got Jodie Foster, who's like trying to cover up. The th- she's employed by the guy who like runs the bank.
4: He owns the bank. He
1: owns the bank. Who has like a dark, shady secret,
4: history, and yeah. he's
1: concerned that they'll find it. So he's she's employed by him yeah. to try and make sure they don't get this thing, or if they do, make a deal. Yeah. So you got and the uh, Christopher Plummer is the guy who owns the bank. Yeah. So th- this is a stellar cast. Yeah.
4: Really, really good. in a
1: film, which I thought was all right, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love it to be honest
4: oh really, yeah. I thought it was quite clever, like the twists and everything, and like um, I thought the way that the bank robbers like executed the heist was like really good um and there's like a there's some cool like twists and stuff um hmm. throughout the film, which I quite liked. Um, it was, it was like a really different vibe from like a heist movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like a... And I, li- I did like seeing it from different directions.
4: Yeah, it was cool. Like you got different angles and perspectives and obviously like uncovered a little bit more information hmm. each time you like saw it from another angle, which was cool. Um, and just everybody's like motives. Yeah. And like why they're... Doing what they're doing.
1: See, the, the main thing to me was just like this cast. Like, I, this is like they just got a bunch of my favorite actors yeah. and whacked them in a film together because, mm. like, these are great. Like, I love Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I love Chueto for Like, these are great actors. Yeah. Um, Christopher Plummer's great. Jodie Foster's great. Like, these are great. Like, Clive Owen's, like, great. Yeah. He's a really, really, really good cast. All
3: right. Tell me what it is you really want, and I'll get it for you. I promise. I've told you, two buses are plane, Right, right, right. And box seats behind home plate at Yankee Stadium. Come on, don't bullshit a bullshitter. You planned every inch of this thing right from the start, and you got everybody marching to your beat, including me, and I'm through buying it. You're too damn smart to be a cop. Now get the fuck out of here. But you're going to shoot me? Do it, shit! You got nothing to lose. I damn sure ain't got nothing to lose. So shoot me. Do it. Shoot me. Fuck you. Tell them to send someone sane over here.
4: So yeah, I I liked it. Worth a watch if you kind of like like this kind of movie.
1: Yeah, it's fun to see Spike Lee doing like a heist movie. You wouldn't. It's, it's not an like easy a watch, you'd like for
4: sure. You can just kind of like grab a pizza, yeah, grab yeah. some beers, enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so That's, let's So that was Inside
1: Man. The next was Tony Scott again.
4: Uh, Deja Vu.
1: This was bonkers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> this was absolutely bonkers. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Yeah. I went into this completely blind. Yeah. And part of me feels like, if you're going to watch this, you should too. Yeah. And...
4: I, let's say as little as possible. Uh, st-
1: right. skip forward. You can do the little 15 seconds or 30 second thing on your i iP- on your, whatever you're listening to it on. Skip forward... Um, when I say, because I'm going to say the big spoiler in it, so skip forward now. It's a fucking time travel movie.
4: <laughs> and we're back.
1: Yeah, and um, I, cou- I couldn't believe when that aspect of it came in. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching because you even jokerly, when you saw something in the background in one of the shots, maybe like <laughs> 10 minutes in, 20 minutes Told in, it. you were like, oh, is this going to be that type of movie? <laughs> And I was like, don't be ridiculous. It's just like a cop movie. Yeah. And it and it, and it was. was. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I don't know. I just felt like the whole way through, I was going, I can't believe it. What yeah. the hell? And it, it feels like it doesn't lean into that enough. Yeah. I love that type of movie. I love any film that deals with that.
4: It kind of, it's really split between... That type of movie, and just like an action movie, looks like it's going to be. I know
1: the writers were like really unhappy with how it dealt with. It doesn't feel
4: like it's got. It feels like it's got one foot in either camp, and it feels like it hasn't kind of lent into one genre or the other, which I don't hate, but I think that's why it feels a little bit kind of not disjointed, but like potentially not cohesive a little bit it's
1: not cohesive at all it's got so much missed potential yeah if they lent into that other side of it big time I would have been so much more on board yeah but even until that side of it really comes in which is a big chunk into the film yeah I was like is it gonna go there is it
4: I wish it started earlier and then it
1: did and I was like this late into the film you're gonna go there
4: yeah (sighs) um great cast though I can't remember Denzel uh, Paula Patton. Val Kilmer is in it.
1: Oh, Val Kilmer was fun yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. I like Val Kilmer.
4: Uh, Adam Goldberg. Can't remember what else I've seen him in, but I have. Uh, yeah, Eric Val Alexander.
1: Kilmer.
4: That's
1: who I'm thinking of. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you just want to watch a really fucking bonkers film, yeah. this, but it's so disjointed. Mm. But I kind of appreciated the audacity of it.
4: And on that note, we'll move on. So that yeah. was Deja Vu. Uh, so next we're talking about American Gangster. Yes. Which we watched couple of nights ago yes um, again another longie two and a half really? hours
1: no this was three hours oh is it yeah
4: it says two and a half I know hour.
1: but it wasn't that's what I was going off and then oh, we watched it was there
4: a different it. cut did we watch we must different have, cut? if there's an
1: extended cut whatever we watched it because right. I looked at IMDb before we watched it I was like oh it's like two and a half hours we put it on it was three hours and five minutes
4: right uh-huh. and I was like
1: okay strap in this is long yeah and this was again I think I haven't got it written down here but I'm pretty sure this was the fourth one that Sir Melcher suggested right <laughs> But this, I this this. This was ridiculously long, but it was very good. Yeah. Um, and this was not Tony Scott. It was uh, his brother. This was him working with Ridley Scott.
4: I love this. Um, Denzel plays a... Well, basically, he becomes like a gangster, but he used to be like his predecessor's like driver. So he learns all the be, tips and tricks.
1: Yeah, it has to be this him. long because it is his whole life story. Yeah. His like starting Another from the life bottom. Story. It is like becoming the head of like the criminal underworld. basically yeah. it's like a mafia movie but yeah it's not an Italian American yeah it's an African American yeah and that's kind of the the spin they play on it
4: and also they don't expect him why yeah why he remains kind of at large for so long yeah. because they're looking for other people yeah
1: this is being run like an Italian mob mm. and so they're looking at the wrong people
4: yeah basically he becomes um, involved in and like, this is based, this is
1: based on true story as well isn't yeah. it yeah
4: he becomes involved in drug trafficking and he's got like a family member who's out in Vietnam where all like the heroin is produced mm. basically and kind of like just figures out how to go straight to the source yes. instead of like and the And then sells men. it
1: cheaper, at a, better, a better product at a cheaper price and just ends up making a mint.
4: Yeah. He, you know, absolutely coins the market um, and Russell Crowe is basically tasked with heading up a team to take him down and it's really cool it's
1: that classic cat and mouse thing where you're getting two sides of this yeah crime. you're getting the criminal following denzel and the guy trying to catch him following russell crowe and his crew
4: how many steps is he behind him and then how long does it take him to catch up
1: man i worked for at one of the biggest companies in new york city he ran
3: it for more than 50 years 15 years eight months and nine days I was with him every day. I worked for him, I protected him, I looked after him. I learned from him. Bumpy was rich, but he wasn't white man rich. See, he wasn't wealthy. He didn't own his own company. He thought he did, but he didn't. He just managed it. White man owned it, so they owned him. Nobody owns me though. Hi. How you doing, baby? That's because I own my own company, and my company sells a product that's better than the competition at a price that's lower
1: than And this was a really well-received film, but it was a kind of troubled production. This was supposed to be uh, directed by Antoine Fuqua, right. Denzel's worked with numerous times before as well. Yeah. And it was supposed to be, instead of Russell Crowe, it was supposed to be uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh,
4: right, wow.
1: Um, who I also really like. And um then it got delayed and cancelled mm. and blah. It was basically the studio saying, like, this is going to be so expensive. It's such... A big undertaking for a film, yeah, and they were qualming at the budget, right? And eventually Ridley Scott stepped in, who is a director who can like just get things done, yeah, and recast a few things, move things around, and said, "Let's do this." Okay, Um,
4: I think it turned out. I didn't know it didn't, um, you know, hinder. No, I think once they
1: actually got cracking with with making it, like it was just like the build up to it. There was a lot of budget issues, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is, it's got uh, Chiwetel Four in it again. Mm-hmm. And he's like his brother.
4: Josh Brolin's in it.
1: Josh Brolin, Thanos himself.
4: Yeah. Loads of He's people. like a crooked
1: cop. There's loads of crooked cops.
4: Yeah, it's just I really like, like, like that. It was kind of like, I don't know, who's who's worst almost? It's like, okay, yeah, so there's like, he's a criminal underlord. The cops. You know, yeah, exactly. The like, cops
1: are worse. The cops are always worse. <laughs> so um, shout from across the room. <laughs> um... Yeah, it was a really good film. It was a long, epic crime drama. And you know what you're in for when you sit down to watch one of them, and sometimes that's what you want to watch. Yeah. And that's what you get with this.
4: Mm. So, yeah, definitely recommended that one. Really good. Um, So that was American Gangster. Next, we will move on to...
1: The Great Debaters. The
4: Great Debaters, This was
1: uh, directed by Denzel.
4: Yeah, I remember yeah. you mentioned he, this that. This is one the of time. the three.
1: Well, he did um, Antoine Fisher, Fences, and this. These are the three. They're the three he directed. I so love this. Watched all three. You like really? this one? Yeah. I knew you would. It's <laughs> the sort of thing you like. It's another true story.
4: Yeah. It's a historical true story mm-hmm. Um, based around Denzel's character, who um, was like a professor mm-hmm. um, at college, and he um, heads up the debate team, which yeah. is something that we don't have in the UK... B- I don't at all I don't know if they have brought it in now, but definitely when we were young, which wasn't that long ago well <laughs> um, <laughs> when we were at school, they didn't no have, my
1: brothers are only just left school and they are they, they have debate teams yeah, we so just, this
4: is a very like I think American kind I'm of I'm aware of like, debate like, teams and yeah. what they
1: are and how they work in that because I see them in films but yeah, yeah,
4: um really interesting, but basically he kind of takes um his team like an all black team because they come from an all black college. Mm-hmm. Um, And kind of goes
1: against the white colleges until they work their way up to Harvard, basically.
4: Yeah, well, and also like other, just any colleges, really. It's like white and black colleges that this is still um, set a time where segregation is still Mm. in place in the US.
1: And And, yeah, they finally make it to Harvard. Denzel's character is kind of controversial because he has these controversial political opinions that he's always like no comment, no comment. They they think he's a communist, Mm. and he has these like secret meetings and blah blah blah.
4: Yeah, he's a bit like so he's got like an interesting
1: character going on. Kind of activity.
3: I
4: am the
3: darker brother they send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes but I laugh and I eat well and I grow strong tomorrow I'll sit at the table when company comes nobody'll dare say to me eat in the kitchen then besides they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed I too America. Who wrote that? Langston Hughes, 1924.
1: 1925. And uh, who else is in this? There's another someone else really good in this. Oh, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker's in, in. Yeah, yeah. Forrest Whitaker's in. I love Forrest Whitaker.
4: Um, as one of the boys in the debate team's like dad. and yes. he's a very like.
1: He's a professor.
4: Yeah, and he, no, he's a um, preacher. Is he? I think so, yeah. Anyway, um he's a big part of the community and they kind of don't see eye to eye on that many things, but I think for the greater good they They, they stand respect together. each other's yeah, like tenacity and yeah. like
1: intelligence, but yeah. they don't have the same like opinions on things always. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this was a really good film. Denzo actually uh gave a million dollars to Wiley College to restart their debate team. Wow, oh, that's this, very cool. Yeah.
4: Um the film was set in 1935. I really liked um I just really like historical kind of like bi is it biographies kind of yeah
1: it's a biography.
4: Um, These are in real general, people. so I yeah. really liked it. Um, but some of the events that they witnessed, like and some of the, you know, hardships and yeah, kind of atrocities that they have to overcome. Um, in you get that a DNA bit of just, like is, yeah, really whiplash
1: with, with, alongside them because they're riding on a high, and then mm. they rem- and then something happened that remind them like no segregation and like. People hate us because we're black and yeah. stuff happens, and then they have a downer and then they win. Mm. and then So you've got this like roller coaster yeah. along with these these kids on the debate team.
4: Another film with, it's um, quite passionately depicts like racism. Mm.
1: And, the, and the kids on the debate team are really interesting characters because they're all quite different from each other. You've got like, mm. all of a pretty troubled past, one who's like way younger than the others. Yeah. And you've got the first like girl on the debate team. Yeah. Um, and she wants to grow up to be. Um, doctor or something i can't remember whatever job she wants to do they're like oh go and do that so yeah, she's like sort of got, like step up for herself a lot of times mm. as well so yeah good film and uh, next up was the taking of pelham one two three
4: oh yeah this was good
1: this is the first one we watched i think
4: yeah
1: uh this was recommended yeah by one of my fellow podcasters beef oh who nice I record tales with. uh beef likes this film
4: it's Denzel Washington and uh, John Travolta. Pelham one two
0: three to rail control center. Do you read me?
3: Yes, I read you, Pelham one two three. This is control center. Who is this? <laughs> it's me, man. I didn't want to call till everything was ready. I understand. I understand, Pelham one two three. Who the hell is this? This is the man who's gonna rock the city. This is the man who's gonna give the city a run for the money.
1: Yeah, I've really thought this film was gonna be a stinker. Yeah, but, and I ended up quite liking it. Yeah, it
4: was alright. It was a
1: bit of a guilty pleasure film because it's not great. Yeah, but it's very fun and watchable. Yeah, John Travolta gives like the hammiest of ham performances. Yeah, but in a great way, in a way that you want John Travolta. It's like sort of a Nick Cage performance almost. Yeah. Like you want them to be like this. Yeah, um, it's like all
4: out kind of.
1: Yeah, Um, and what I really liked, this is a remake, but what I really liked about this is the main, the central drama of the film is just a conversation. Yeah. It's just a phone call between you know Denzel Washington and and John Travatta. Yeah. And for for most of the film, that's what it is.
4: Yeah, and John Travatta is kind of like, he's hijacked the train. Yes. And Denzel, um, he's
1: he's on the the
4: switchboard, basically. He's on like the... He's um, the
1: um, train operator. Yeah, He runs the lines and stuff, yeah.
4: And he basically just—it's like potluck. He was like sitting yeah. there that day, and then he's got to basically be the point man for—he
1: ends up lying like, you know,
4: the touch point for having this.
1: to do this hostage situation, yeah. like being the guy on the phone for it. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "Oh god, I'm just here at work." And, yeah. And the John Travolta's character starts taking a liking to him. He's like, "I only want to deal with this guy." So that—that yeah. that is a fun dynamic, and it's a fun idea for a film, and it's a fun film. It's all right. Yeah. Like some some of the directing, I thought was like a bit tonally obscure. Like it would be this cool in-depth conversation and then you get it's like big loud music and action scenes of cars racing along the street yeah. and i'll be like where'd this come from get back to the conversation
4: didn't feel like super it was, yeah it was a bit jarring
1: yeah but that's the taking of pelham one two three um the next one
4: mm-hmm. i loved right w- what is it
1: what what is it oh flight flight oh really i loved this film yeah i really liked it uh, this was an Oscar-nominated performance. Yeah, and uh, it's it's loosely based on real events. Right. Only loosely. Yeah, but it is about this guy who's a complete alcoholic.
4: He's a like total party animal. Like yes. his life is kind of in. I don't want to say in tatters because like some people just live like this and it's like their way of life. But like his marriage is like falling apart, and he just like drinks really heavily. He's Sleeps like sleeping with, women. with his yeah, yeah. women and his um. Kind of...
1: Does drugs all the time. Staff
4: and things like that. Yeah, just drugs. Because
1: his, his uh, dealer is John Goodman.
4: Yeah. And um, he's a pilot.
1: <laughs> and he's a pilot. Yeah, exactly. So wh- one day, like, the plane starts going down, goes into a nosedive. Yeah. And he ends up...
4: Saving Trying
1: him. these crazy manoeuvres on the way down. He ends up flying the plane upside down to, yeah. like, maintain... To get it back stable rather out of a nosedive to crash land but save most of the people on board. I think
4: only like something crazy like 10 or 15 people die. Which is mad considering like they were literally in like massive nosedive. So he, um, and he said, didn't they, they were like after the crash, you know, when they like analyse it. Yeah, no one,
1: we put everyone in flight simulators, no one else could No one could emulate. No one
4: and save the plane
3: everybody's belted in are we Built going in, to it belted in with everybody in brace positions yes that is affirmed we are in a dive we are in a dive we have lost vertical control we're going to need drag i want you to throw out everything you got the speed brakes the gear everything here speed brakes Down. I don't think Hodge is the problem, sir. We need to dump the fuel. Do it! All right. Atlanta Center, this is South Jet 227. We're in an uncontrolled dive descending out of 21,000 feet. We're declaring an emergency. We've dumped our fuel. We got a jam stabilizer or something. We need a block of altitude to work the problem and a heading to the nearest airport. South Jet 227. Hartfield I can Dump the flash. Dump the flash. The flash. Zero zero Just do, the do it. Do position. it. 30 Top degrees.
2: 315.
3: 315. We'll try our best. All right. That bought us a little time. That bought us a little time. Now we got to revert the manual control. Your side first.
4: Okay, got it. Um, but then, sort of his... He gets more and more investigated. And well, as like soon as he gets out. taken into
1: hospital, obviously, before well, he even wakes up, test. they take the blood test. So as soon yeah. as he wakes up, it's like, you saved everyone, incredible. You're going to court. There was alcohol in your bloodstream. Yeah. So it's this him getting ready to go to court, basically. It's like this
4: battle. And,
1: him, and he got a relationship. He meets a girl. Yeah. And tries to... He keeps trying to, like, give up alcohol yeah he just can't yeah like he is totally addicted and it's so frustrating to watch because you keep thinking he's gonna do it and it then really it look like, up rude for him
4: you're like okay he's a despicable person because like you really shouldn't be in a position with like hundreds of people's lives in your hands and in that kind of state but then it's almost like he's at that point in his life where he just performs better when he's like oh, God got, it, like drunk and stuff like, it's like really devastating horrible.
1: to watch he would like go home and all around his house would be, like, booze everywhere. And he'll go home, empty the booze out everywhere, flush it down the street, flush it yeah, down the toilet. completely everything, no alcohol in the house. And then he would sit at home, and the next thing he would be at a bar. And yeah. you're like, oh, God. Yeah.
4: It's like a lose-lose situation. And he can't help
1: himself.
4: But you're still kind of rooting for him. And Denzel, in real people. life,
1: Denzel hardly drinks. Right. So he had to get sort of, like in the right mindset for this right and he actually put on a lot of weight for this role because he wanted to have that realistic like belly he wanted to have a belly like of a drinker
4: right who just
1: drinks all the time yeah and yeah i just found this character so tragic yeah and compelling
4: mm.
1: like this hero pilot who just has this awful vice
4: addiction yeah yeah
1: but yeah, he, he he wants to get better because he does meet a girl who ends up moving in with him and they have this relationship going on
4: mm. and
1: you keep thinking, oh, he's going to settle down. Yeah. And then he'll go and get drunk.
4: Yeah.
1: It is so tragic.
4: And even in like the trial and stuff, John Goodman, his like dealer has to kind of come and give yeah. him a pick pick me up. Yeah.
1: But yeah, what did you think to it?
4: Yeah, I really liked it.
1: Did you? Because you yeah. seemed surprised when I said I loved it.
4: Yeah I did like it I thought it was hard I find films like this hard to watch when that you can't like really like properly root, yeah, root for the character Yeah I'm sort of compelled
1: by that tragedy
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like I've said a couple of films as well a bit like this where it's like oh there's no one who's really like inherently like
1: good Oh that normally bugs me I don't know why I didn't this I always have a problem with like who oh, who too, do like, I root perfect, for here yeah. that's why I don't love Breaking yeah. Bad as much as a lot of people because I'm like everyone's horrible everyone's despicable yeah. And it's why I don't love um, Always Sunny. Everyone loves that show. And I want right. to like it, but I'm like, these are awful people. And like, That's the joke. That's what's funny. I'm like, yeah, I need someone to latch on to. <laughs> yeah.
4: um, so this was a bit hard because it's like, it's, you're kind of conflicted internally. Just like, he's a bit of an arsehole. Yeah. But he did save all those people. Yeah. But you it's kind it's of rooting for him to like make himself better. It's complex. Like better himself. It's yeah. like, he got game. Um. So that was um, Flight.
1: Yeah. Um, I the uh, he did two guns after this, um, which I have seen. Right, but I saw that when it came out as well. It is just an action crime comedy with him and Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. So make of that what you will. Okay, uh, this one also involved them like lots of improvisation. I mean, when it came out, a lot of people say, "No, it's really fun. It's really fun." And I watched mm. it and it didn't really do it for me. So, right. But some people have really liked this film. So if you want an action crime comedy with Stenzor Washington and Mark Wahlberg, like. Some people really like this film. Hmm. I thought it was... All right.
4: So let's talk about um, The Equalizer.
1: Yes. This was recommended. Yeah. Uh, Devlin Williams. Um, Thanks. He, he said he's great in the first one, which oh, makes right. me feel like he didn't like the sequel. Right. Okay. We, so I don't know if you like the sequel or not Devlin, but mm. we didn't get around to watching the sequel. I probably will watch it at some point, mm. but we did watch the first one, yeah. The Equalizer.
4: Thanks for your recommendation.
1: What did you think to it?
4: I like this. He was pretty badass.
1: Yeah, it was surprisingly violent. Yeah, I said to you when we watched it, but it reminded me of it was like a cross between John Wick. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. The way the the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films, which I'm not a big fan of, but the way they do the like he works things out in his head before he does it. Yeah. It, he does a bit of that. Yeah. But then the the killings, like he even does kill someone with a book, just like John Wick. Like yeah. there are interesting like ways of killing people. Like he the the, the scenes in the hardware store is like oh we someone with this instrument yeah. and that piece of a yeah, harvester yeah. and that like I love that stuff
4: so um this is Denzel and uh alongside him is Chloe Grace Moretz
1: yeah but she hasn't got a massive role
4: no but it is kind of like
1: she's the instigating factor
4: yeah she's definitely like what's the word in science where you put something in it anyway
1: catalyst
4: yeah she's definitely the catalyst mm-hmm. um of the film she's kind of like so Denzel's um, at this like cafe really innate and she keeps coming in. Yeah. He's like, kind of like super habitual person.
1: Well he he um this was something that Denzel added to the character because he liked the script and this is directed by Antoine Fuqua again. Yeah. So they like working together. And he really liked it but he was like, but tell me my character's backstory. Yeah. And the script didn't really have anything about his backstory. He was like Anonymous. So Denzel developed the backstory himself. He was like, I need to give because I need a character to work yeah. on. Yeah. So he added that he had these like He's a real. I know it's not like overly used like OCD tendencies, but he generally has these OCD tendencies. He lines things up. He yeah has to have things in order. He times himself doing stuff all the time. Yeah, including like I'm gonna go and kill these people and like times himself doing. Yeah, them. it's
4: almost like a weird like personal best. Yeah, kind of thing. He,
1: he's. So he has these like OCD ten- tendencies, but that was or not none of that was in the script. That was all mm, something that was added. I think it was definitely, and that's what made the character interesting. So. Yeah,
4: and more like mysterious almost yeah. because you don't really know about his past at all. Mm-hmm. Kind of just starts on him like cold. Mm. Um, and every night he kind of comes to the same like cafe he's reading a book he's like having his coffee it's like very like ritualistic
1: it's very much like John Wick as well in the way that like he's retired he's out yeah. of the game you you don't really know what he used to be like an assassin of some sort yeah. I guess but he's retired mm. and though like you said she's the catalyst Chloe Smith's character um, that is what brings him like drags him back in
4: We mm. just keeps coming across her and then like kind of Talk, you know and then when he doesn't he come across her he's like
1: where is she
4: yeah and, and kind of like realizes that she has affiliations with um like russian gangsters mm. and yeah gets like gets his back up when she kind of disappears so he's on the hunt um to try and find out where she is and who like what's happened to her and who's done it basically yeah.
1: so it was there was a sequel to this right. uh, very recently actually okay um and the
4: same everyone all the same cast everything
1: well, I guess it's only him that you need to have in it, and mm. I think it's intended as a trilogy.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think there is another one planned. This yeah. is like the only franchise that Denzel's been a part of. Okay, but um, the like same same director and everything mm-hmm. is in the second one, and I think is intended for the third if they end up making the third. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah,
4: that's cool. Yeah, definitely worth a watch.
1: I thought it was a really fun watch. Yeah, yeah,
4: really good like kind of action action yeah. film.
1: Um, and then after that, he worked with Antoine Fuqua again. So they're really getting on, director wow. and actor. Uh, they did the remake of the Magnificent Seven. Right. Yeah. And this was recommended as well. Um, uh, Joanna Hastings really liked this uh, remake. We didn't rewatch it because we had already seen it. We watched this when it came out. Yeah. And I, we love westerns, like we said. Yeah. And I did. I didn't not like this. Yeah. But the original Magnificent Seven so good. It's really I'm hard just to like, beat. I would rather just watch the original Magnificent <laughs> yeah. Seven, even though it's got a fun cast. Um, it re it reunites the Training Day crew. It's oh, right. Antoine Fuqua who directed it, right. and Ethan Hawke, Denzel Washington, mm, um, and yeah. Chris Pratt, amongst others.
4: Mm-hmm. I just like I like the original, and just because it's got like that like feel about it. Yeah. But this was really good. It was really good. I think um, Denzel like playing. Like A black cowboy, is well, really that's interesting. what he wanted to
1: do. He thought he thought it'd be really fun to do like a western, mm. so like, I think he wanted to be a black cowboy,
4: mm. especially because of like the connotations and everything that that means mm. in that time mm. and everything. Like, it kind of makes it a bit more badass,
1: mm. but it is a, it's not like a terrible remake. I'm always very skeptical of these remakes, it's not a bad remake, it's a fun
4: remake, yeah.
1: But for me, I because I love the original. It's hard to be. It's hard to be like, yeah, I love that film because I, would, if it came down to it, I'd always rather watch the original,
4: mm. even
1: though this is fun. So it's difficult. And yeah. then finally...
4: Um, Roman J. Israel Esquire.
1: Roman J. Israel Esquire.
4: Which was shot in... Um, 2017 I really like this
1: did you yeah
4: I did I it was, was got, super interesting I had
1: no idea what your opinion this was going to be because a lot of the time we don't really talk we wait until this so yeah. this was an Oscar nominated performance and this does not have good reviews the, really? the film was not lauded but the performance was so yeah good. but I actually loved it like yeah. I thought it was great
4: yeah he's this is such an interesting character that he plays oh yeah. my god he's so um Desmond plays um a guy called Roman J. Israel Esquire and And he is a defense attorney, um, and basically for his entire career, has kind of been like hidden behind his friend and like figurehead of a partner in business. Um, And he's quite like, um,
1: exacting like he does like all the research. Explain the character. Yeah, he doesn't do well with human interaction.
4: He's almost like, like definitely on the spectrum or like kind of yeah. like autistic or has they don't definite, address it no. but he
1: has all these tics and mannerisms social
4: anxieties and things yeah. like that yeah
1: always has his headphones on Yeah, wears weird suits
4: well I think he's just never updated his wardrobe so it was whatever he bought in like 1970 something
1: yeah
3: so Israel there's a rumour that you know the CPC by heart yeah guilty as charged pleadings 948 973 Demir for regularity regular. Money laundering. 186.9, 186.1 is zero. However, all pleadings in those cases are subject to the laws of Joinder and Severance. That's, uh, 954. Wow. nice, Impressive. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I gotta go. See you, Jesse. Listen, um, I got a Prop 36 I could really use help with. Okay. We had a lot of DTC emotions at my old farm.
1: Awesome. Um, I have some free time this afternoon. If you do, I don't know what your caseload is like, but I'll stop by. Yeah, he's very passionate about,
4: about the cause. the causes yeah. and
1: about like the about the field he is in. Yeah, and not selling out and doing and right by the people.
4: He was like, so um, his business partner. The plot of the story is his business partner passes away, and he yeah. has to kind of like step up. Um, and he's kind of like his business partner's secret source. He does all the research, and he is like so meticulous and like exacting. And he
1: knows the law, like he in his mind. He, he knows. Everything. He knows every
4: case. It's yeah. almost like he, he. I don't think he has photographic memory, but it's almost that like encyclopedic knowledge yes, of every he's case. He's so knowledgeable
1: ever. about it. his life is his job
4: to the point where. Um, so, like in the event of um, his business partner dying, in this case, it happens. They get in another, like lawyer from another firm to kind of take on all live cases and things like that and kind of like dissolve the business and that um other kind of lawyers played by colin farrell Mm. and like this is just how amazing it is that denzel's character when he meets him basically like recants like some case that he was on his first case Mm. like um colin farrell's first case Mm. and colin was like how like, you can see it in his expression, like, how the hell did you know Colin that? Colin
1: Farrell's character is interesting as well, because he's like, this guy is amazing. Yeah. But he isn't... He does. Bizarre. He Because the firm he works for is so slick.
4: Corporate.
1: Very corporate.
4: Yeah.
1: They're not, like, passionate like he is, but he's like, this guy is amazing, I want him he's like in a my little, firm. He's like a little...
4: He's like a goldmine, he's like, kind but, of...
1: But he also has like, teething problems with him at the firm, because yeah. he's not very... He doesn't
4: gel with anything he doesn't
1: think he doesn't think before he speaks yeah and he rubs a lot of people the wrong way yeah and he doesn't like things that aren't fair like the, the scene where he has the argument with the police officer and it's right, like yeah. you know no you're not doing that that's that's not fair He's like well, it's the law like, yeah no but that's not right yeah and he doesn't know when to shut up
4: yeah it like, gets him into trouble a couple yeah, of times yeah he
1: doesn't know when to not say anything
4: yeah so yeah, I found this role oh, like, incredibly super interesting.
1: interesting role
4: yeah um, fascinating role. so definitely recommend this
1: but this role. is like not a lot of people just do not like this film at all. This is not a beloved film. I just I really loved it. and the interesting thing about this is we said, oh how are they making him have a gap in his tooth in this film? Oh yeah because he has a, what, a big gap in the front teeth. Um, and then when I looked up afterwards, that turns out that's Denzel's real teeth, and the rest of the time he's wearing a cap. <laughs> so he, he really has a, a gap, and he, there's a few characters he's played that has that gap. Yeah. And we sort of said, "Oh, how does he do that?" Must and take, that's his real teeth. Remove, yeah, he's
4: remove whatever like cap he. Yeah, has been on he
1: with. wore. A, he's, been, he's worn a dental cap since like he left school or whatever. Mm. But yeah, for some roles, he's like, "Oh no, this would be better with with that." I
4: think that's so cool. Mm.
1: And that brings us up to speed. Yeah. We did it.
4: So, I think... I hope for,
1: hopefully, for listeners, sorry, we we don't we blitz through that too quickly, but we are aware of, like, not running into another three-hour episode <laughs> yeah. like Keanu. So, we're trying hopefully to make it manageable.
4: our descriptions and everything, just, like, wet your whistle. If there's something that you've felt like you kind of resonated with and yeah. like to watch, you can kind of um, check it out um, and let us know what you think.
1: Hopefully, when people listen, like... I get a lot of messages from people who say, Oh, I love listening to this for like recommendations. Like, mm. you tell me a little bit about it, and I think, Well, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. But then, because I didn't even think of it in that way, I thought of it more like, I like hearing what other people thought of things. Right. Like, Oh, I like that film. What did they think? Mm. Um, and some people do like it for that. But I think we get a lot of people who say, like, I love getting the recommendations.
4: I just want to dip in.
1: Yeah, I want to dip in and see watched. what I'm missing from this actor. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a side of the podcast which I didn't really think oh. about, and people How'd seem to enjoy it. Yeah. But we're not done yet. We need to have a little break, mm-hmm. work out our favourites. Yep. We'll come back and tell you our favourites, and then we'll reanalyse his IMDb top four. Yeah, And then cool. Becca's going to choose her next actor. Oh, my
4: God. See you in a minute. So we're back. Yes. Have you decided?
1: I think so. <laughs> Right. I'm going to let you go first. All right, okay. With your f- have you decided? Yeah. Yeah, I've got. I've kind of decided, but I might change at the last minute. But right, I'm going on a okay. gut. Again, this is just going on my gut. Yeah. yeah. Right,
4: okay. So um, these are my personal yeah. favorite four, top four. Yeah, um, no particular order. Deser, Washington films. No particular order. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Right. Glory. Right. Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. The Hurricane. Mm-hmm. And Roman J Israel Esquire.
1: Wow, that's <laughs> an unexpected four. I didn't expect Roman. Right, um, they're literally
4: all like historical.
1: <laughs> yeah. So was it like uh, Hurricane, like Malcolm X? I yeah. kind—I thought you were going to go Malcolm X. Um, that's the one that wasn't surprised. Basically, mm. all the others I was surprised by. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah,
4: I like all those films. They're all good. So, um. If you like all my previous personal top fours, you're onto a winner here, guys. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be, eventually there's going to be people who are like, oh, I really side with like Becca's choice. Oh, yeah, or, definitely. Like, I really side with like Bob's choice. Definitely. like every, you know, going forward, be like, mm, everyone, had, they, everyone they've said, I've like, I dig it. I'm like on their wavelength.
1: <laughs> I had one that was on the edge and your choices have convinced me now. Because right. mine was sort of like five okay. and I was like, okay, so I'll, I'll take one. what. Um, one of ours is the same,
4: right? Oh,
1: the hurricane. Yeah, yeah. I think we both
4: amazing love that.
1: Mm. Um, my others are he got game. Yeah, that's good. Flight.
4: Right. Yeah. Cool.
1: And my fourth was between surprisingly Roman J Israel. Right. But I decided I've I've lent slightly more on Cry Freedom. Okay. Yeah, I really like the film. It's one that, that I've thought about so much since we watched it mm. that it stuck with me.
4: Mm. Cool. Uh,
1: and I just think his performance is really great in it. Mm. So they are the ones for me. Uh, the, the other ones that was sort of like, uh, it was teetering near like, I um, Roman Jays obviously, I, I said, Training Day I did really like, Remember the Titans was actually pretty close to me. Right, yeah. Um, and also Philadelphia. Mm. But it's more of a supporting role. But yeah. yeah. That's um, why I kind
4: of shied away from it. Were there
1: any one. more others that were close for you?
4: Um, Cry Freedom was pretty close. I really mm-hmm. like that one. Um, and I like Deja Vu. Really? Yeah. It's a weird okay. film, but so I did weird. like it. So weird. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so...
4: Are we doing our IMDb? We'll, we'll
1: work out what, what we think. So, what is his current IMDb? Just remind me again.
4: So... I feel
1: like you told me so many times, but yeah, just remind me.
4: Apparently currently he... Is known for an IMDb fences, yes, the Book of Eli, yeah, Antoine Fisher, yeah, and Training Day,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Are there any of them that you think should stay there? Yeah, what ones? Training Day, yeah, I I've got that as a, mm-hmm. as a shoe in, yeah. I've also got, and I think you're going to agree with me. I've got two shoe ins basically. And I thought we'd discuss the others because right. I think we're both going to agree. Training Day
4: mm. and Malcolm X, yeah,
1: should be definitely there, definitely. So what else are we thinking here?
4: I want to put The Hurricane up there.
1: Really? Yeah. Okay.
4: It's just... I love like, it, but it's a I'm just like, oh. Denzel performance. Like, I'm just thinking, like, you've got okay. a lot of bang okay. for your buck there with him's screen time.
1: What else were you thinking?
4: Uh, remember the Titans.
1: Right. So the the ones I've got as maybe. So I've got my shoe-ins were Training Day and Malcolm X. Uh-huh, yeah. Right? And then your, like, maybe here's were um, The Hurricane... Mm-hmm. And what was the other one?
4: Remember the Titans. Remember the
1: Titans. Mm. See, my maybes here are... I have got Fences in there. Okay. Uh, I have got Book of Eli in there, just because it's so different from everything else mm-hmm. you sell. Um I have got Remember the Titans, mm-hmm. and I have got Glory. Right, okay. But then Glory is a supporting role, uh, so...
4: Glory's like a real ensemble. So That's why I kind let's, of let's tried to avoid that. Let's strike that one, then. The reason why I didn't put Fences in is because there's a lot more, like... It's like it's a historical like drama, basically, and I think there's better ones right, than okay. like Fences. Even though he's a big character in it, it's still about. It a feels lot of like it's like just a
1: very pure performance, which is the reason it was up there for me. Like it's like because it, it is an adaptation of a stage player. It's just like this is a performance.
4: Mm, okay.
1: Um, but, well,
4: we both had Remember the Titans in there, and I think that's a really important film because of what of what it like represents,
1: and it, and also like we're talking about what it should be known for. This is one that like everyone knows him for this film yeah it's so like well known yeah so really the fourth one comes down to either book of eli or the hurricane right
4: right the reason why i think i chose the hurricane over book of eli is is because it's it's a a different (laughs) it's a different performance um you're right like eli should be up there i think because it's like really really different but then in terms of his performance it's quite unique but then he he's just like almost like mute for like the whole thing I mean I'm not saying that that makes it a bad performance but I'm just saying I think that there's more I think that there's more of him in the hurricane so, as like an so actor. what
1: you would argue for as the four that he should be known for yeah is training day Malcolm X remember the Titans and the hurricane
4: I think so yeah
1: alright I'll go with you on it then really yeah I'll meet you there
4: oh my god <laughs> cool I won
1: <laughs> it's, it's a discussion isn't it <laughs>
4: It's a good four, I yeah. think. You've got it all. Yeah. I mean, Malcolm X and The Hurricane are both, and like, the remember, the Titans are both like quite historical, but in they cover a lot of different um, areas, I think. Yeah. That's a, I think that's a generally like a Denzel theme, though. Mm. He does like a lot of historical dramas. Maybe that's why I enjoyed like watching oh, these well, films so I, I much.
1: really enjoyed all these films. I don't think there was a real stinker amongst them. No. Um. Really great variety. Mm-hmm. And I really do respect and appreciate him as an actor now going Mm. through this. Like, I think he's great. And I'll, like, look forward to seeing other things he's in now.
4: Yeah. I'm so glad that, um, yeah, just an actor who, like, we said this at the beginning, but, like, something I'd never really seen that many performances by him. So definitely open my eyes to what an incredible actor he is. Mm. um, Like, for me personally, having, like, not really seen that much of his work before, mm. um, which is really awesome.
1: strong way to start off our second year of the podcast.
4: <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, this is
1: our first episode of year two. Welcome so,
4: to year two, guys.
1: So we started with Tom Hanks last year. I feel like this is a pretty strong start, along in the same vein yeah. as, as Hanksy.
4: Amazing! That's cool.
1: So next time, yeah, uh, listeners already know um, is my actress choice. Mm-hmm. It is Natalie Portman. Yeah. And we've been watching a few of hers already. We've watched maybe like five films already, I think.
4: Yeah, we did like a rewatch. Of we've one, rewatched a couple, a and we've
1: we watched a couple of ones we hadn't seen before. But this is one that's, I don't think this, it's going to be that hard for us to get through these because we've seen a lot of these films so many times.
4: Yeah.
1: It'd be really interesting to talk about some of the franchises she's involved in. Mm hmm um she does a few of that but then she's got some really sort of um smaller lesser known films which i'm really interested in digging into as well yeah so that will be fun next time next month Mm -hmm. um and then after that uh, unannounced until now becca's actor choice for episode after that
4: let me just choose him
1: see me and becca really approaches differently she has like a a list Mm. And when it comes to it, she says, hang on a second, let me choose it. And she just sort of takes the feel there. When I know that it's my choice coming up, I'll sort of ruminate on it for a couple of weeks (laughs) even. And when I chose Denzel, it was between three different actors that I had in mind. and Oh, I do want to watch that, that or that. And it's like what I'm fancying watching. Right. And I I sort of think, well, who would be good? But no, you just go for it. Off the cuff. One of these days, I'm just going to veto one of your choices. I'm just
4: like looking... Oh, okay.
1: Am I going to veto? Right, this. I think
4: I'm right. Um, maybe. My next actor of
1: choice is. Um, so, to to um for listeners, Becca just chose one, and we vetoed it because yeah. they haven't done enough stuff.
4: Do more stuff, guys. <laughs> um, so my choice for my act, the next actor that we're gonna watch is uh Brad Pitt.
1: Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with Brad Pitt? No, no, I love Brad Pitt. I'm just like, oh, that—that was deflated of like that's so much work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Like, I Brad Pitt's great.
4: We've seen a lot of Brad Pitt's films, though.
1: Eh? That's true. Like
4: okay, already. let's
1: do Brad Pitt. It's a real biggie. Yeah. It's a we're just a buying a off the at the moment. Massive. I'm gonna to have to choose someone who has done hardly anything after.
4: So, oh my god, you're gonna love this. Here's oh, okay, yeah. So for I us. forgot
1: that we should know what his, name for his okay, known for. is known so
4: for. So I'm just
1: distracted by the fact that we're doing Brad Pitt after Denzel Washington. It's like the biggest meatiest yeah. kebab I could have, and then follow up with like a huge gatto. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's go. What are, what are Brad Pitt's <laughs> known for?
4: Denzel Washington, the kebab <laughs> of Hollywood. Yeah. Brad Pitt. <laughs> The Gatto of Hollywood. Um, here we go. I'm to be known for, known for is Brad Pitt. Ad Astra. Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Smith.
1: Known, that only came out
4: last year. Yeah. All right. Okay. Ad Astra. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Never seen it. 12 Monkeys. Yeah, I like that film. Moneyball.
1: Never seen Moneyball, but I do want to watch that. They are not the four I would expect.
4: Mm-hmm. If
1: you asked me, like, what are you expecting? I would be like, oh, it's going to be like Fight Club. Uh-huh. Um, Ocean's Is it Ocean's Eleven? No, is it Ocean's Eleven? I forget. Um, yeah yeah, i would have said seven yeah fight club seven so it's interesting Mm -hmm. all right yeah brad pitt let's do it cool that's such a big one (laughs) that feels like i
4: absolutely love brad pitt he's so good he's so nice to look at but also he's an amazing actor it's like a double whammy hang
1: on a minute inglorious bastards once upon a time in hollywood that's not on there no 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 all right okay we've got this is getting changed um this is just Just once again talk about once upon a time in hollywood i promise i won't talk about it forever this time guys okay let's do it cool that's such a big one
4: watch this space so next up natalie portman
1: natalie portman and then brad Brad pitt Pitt. this is like a series of big names right okay See so you. Um, Thanks for listening. Well, hang on a second. If you want to get in contact. <laughs> so if you want to get in contact and suggest any Natalie Portman films, any your favourite tell us your favourites. Let us know which ones you think we should check out if they went a bit under the radar. Same with Brad Pitt, because he's done so many small films that went under the radar. Um you can do so. <laughs> the email is
4: uh, known, for, known for pod at gmail.com.
1: Yes. Um or you can go to the website.
4: 94 dot where
1: you can find, you can contact us on there. You can find links to different things on their ways to. I don't yeah. even know what's on the website, oh. but things, links to things, and also I have very active follow followers, fellowship, fellowship, bunch of followers on Twitter. Uh, they always give me really good suggestions when a new pod's coming up, and love to Thanks, interact. Guys. Good bunch of guys. Uh, that's at Bob Shoy. That's at B O B S H O Y. That's my name. And, and, and don't forget that name because if you go to bobshoy.bandcamp.com you can buy bonus episodes of four and one more Yay. where me and becca talk about you know how four and one more episodes work by now there's a few bonus ones on there as well as other Specials. things i work on uh yeah and you can support my time editing and researching and doing podcast related things at patreon.com slash guess what it is it's bobshoy <laughs> Right, it's late. We're going on holiday tomorrow, so. Yeah.
4: Cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for
1: listening. Bye bye.
4: Bye.
3: King Kong ain't got shit on me.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.